tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren, joined as always by Brett Terpstra and Jeff Severns Gunzel. And this week, our special guest is one of our favorite return guests, Mr. Jay Miller. Welcome, everybody. What's hey. up? Hi, Jay. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, and then I'll go back and listen to it later and go, why the hell did I say the things yeah. that I said? The, the, this is one of the reasons I do not listen to podcasts that I've been on. Like, it's weird. I will rewatch videos that I that I do a million times to go over in my head every little thing that I did wrong and to assess my my performance and go, okay, you could have done this better, this better, or, oh, that was actually a really good performance. Um, podcasts, I don't because it's too cringe. And I also don't want to be reminded of the things that I said that off the cuff of my my tongue that I was like, oh, yeah, that was probably pissing people <laughs> off. Sorry about that. Whoops. See, I'm like the exact opposite. I will go back and listen to a podcast because I'm just like, eh, no one cares. Like, no one listens to this. The I, I think um, another podcaster I listened to like said, your audience isn't real. Until they prove it, they're not real. So, but like videos, I refuse to watch myself do anything on video because yeah, I will nitpick the hell out of myself. And then Jeff will be like, oh, Jay did this video one time and I'll go back and I'll look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that happened. Like, God, my hair. What, what was I you're doing? Like, you're like, what was going on? See, it's weird. I think that we do them for the same reasons. Like I, it, the reason I don't go back and listen to podcasts is because they're not real. Whereas it's my perfectionism nature uh, that I'm like, oh no, but the video is real and that will have consequences. So I need to be aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true working. that's true um 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 oh, yeah. i forgot i had a, i had like a topic so much suspense. i had a topic and then jay's has reactions on on his camera yeah and it yeah, was like I, I just it was popping I just up random bubbles and i got distracted like checking my reaction settings and i totally lost this topic they that still was brewing in that? my mind um can i can, okay i got a rant on that then because they know that this is a problem. Apple, uh, meaning they. Apple knows that this reaction bullshit is a problem and that it has been a problem since the beta. People have reported it. People internally, uh, according to sources closest to the information, have reported it to very high up people. This is supposed to be fixed. Um, it's They've not. gone to Steve Jobs' grave. I mean, Steve Jobs would not put up with this. I'm not one of those people who ever I wouldn't like put up to... with Steve Jobs. Well, I mean, I, but but I'm one of those people who who never wants to invoke the this wouldn't have happened under Steve because it's such a yeah, yeah, yeah. false fallacy thing. It's a bullshit thing to do. But I will say this: this is some sort of like slap sloppy ass, like bad program managed, bad like product development, like bullshit. When you have a feature like this that you highlight and tout, somebody wanted it in the fucking keynote so that they could get promoted. That's really what it was about. They didn't bother to actually think about the implications about what it would mean, test it, or do anything with any of the, um, you know, feedback. And it's bad, and you know, makes people like like Brett have to check their reaction settings to make sure that his settings are correct, so that you're not with your fucking therapist having balloons coming out when you're talking about the death of someone. Like genuinely, yep, like no what the fuck? This is such a bad feature. All right, my rant's over. Well, I, Me, I meanwhile, Jeff is cycling through all the Jeff is cycling through all the. What about death? Uh, hold on, huh? I can do balloons. Um, well, yeah, because the 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 visual cue that turns on balloons is uh, like a peace sign, and when I'm talking to my therapist and I am most frustrated, I I do like listeners can't see this, but 
I like put my hand on my head in a way that looks like I'm holding up a peace sign. Um, and it's more of a, like a, a look of frustration or it also like, looks like a cry for help just a little bit now that I'm watching. <laughs> do it. And then I'll be doing that. And then all of a sudden balloons will come up <laughs> and it's always during like the hardest part of therapy for me. But I figured out how to turn it off. It, it doesn't just turn itself back on. So it's it's cool. It should be opt in. Um, it should not be on by default. But the stupid thing is it's based on the application. Which is like, okay, cool. So Zoom, got to turn it off. Okay, Teams, got to oh, yeah, turn it yeah, off. Yeah. Slack, got to turn it yeah, off. See, see, that's the bullshit. That, that right that's there to the me thing. is, that's that's terrible design. And like, that's the sort of thing where like, oh, great. Yeah, you're making this available. Great. Apple it, finally listening, making their core um, APIs available to other apps for once. Awesome. But um, if it's going to be that way, maybe have a, I don't know if it's part of a video app, have it as a toggle. If you're, if it doesn't work well, which like, I don't know, is Apple really the best company in AI? Um, hmm. No, it, it no. really should only be enabled by default for FaceTime. Like Agreed. I can't imagine any other video circumstance yeah. where I would want balloons or fireworks or hearts popping up. Right. Right. I mean, especially it's like, yeah, because basically what they're saying is, yeah, we want to take our fun little whimsical things we're doing for your personal conversations and insert them in apps that other than Discord are almost universally not mm -hmm. going to be used for personal conversations. And even in Discord, you're like, actually, motherfuckers, I, I, I want to control what my video looks like because I might yeah. be streaming this. This makes me want like a super cut of like this thing getting triggered on OnlyFans videos or something. Oh my god! Um, I'm gonna okay, just yeah. search Mac OS reactions super cut porn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was that was therapeutic. I think for everybody. Speaking of therapy, um, hey, what Jay? Would you like to kick off the mental health corner? Yeah, so this is, I guess, a, a, a public an announcement, mental health corner for me, which is great. Um, so Jeff gave me the calendar invite for every single overtired. <laughs> so I guess I, I don't know. Am I am I joining the crew? No, I guess not, by, I guess by the end of this year, like I, every it's just going to build. We're going to have five people now. We have six people, <laughs> seven <laughs> people. But uh, yeah. I mean, we could talk about it, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I I don't know what's been going on. I mean, everyone around me has COVID, but I've been dodging that bullet. Like uh, it's been, it's been wild. And then uh, I've just been fighting these like really bad headaches and I've been depressed as hell. And a lot of that was over the holidays. I took, I took almost all of December off. Um, and then after you know, talking to some people, there was almost like a question of like, do I take more time off? But I was off for three weeks. We had family coming through. Um, then they left and then they got COVID. And I was like, yes, missed that one. Um, unless I'm the problem. And then I got back to work and it was this pure, just like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this. Um, my retail therapy is out of this world. I didn't get a lot of things that I wanted for Christmas, which is fine because we were like on a budget. So, you know, New Year begins. I buy a 3D printer. I buy a which whole one? bunch of, um, I got the Ender, was it Ender 3 V3KE? It's nice. like bas basically like the, their Ender 3, like slightly better series that can 
print faster than the bed will actually allow it to. Um, so yeah, I feel like I overpaid, but not by much. It was like 300. Yeah, um, that's like I have the same printer. For. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's solid. It's just like, yeah, I love it. You can, you can print up to 500, you know, mill, millimeters per second or something like that. And then literally it just throws your print like off the thing. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, maybe I can't. Um, I've done that. I bought, um, and well, I should say my my employer bought because I have a office allowance and it resets at the beginning of the year. Um, I bought a a nice ortho linear split keyboard to help fight my arthritis stuff that I'm going through. Um, I don't necessarily look at the keys while I'm typing, but I have zero confidence in my typing skills. So like, <laughs> that's been fun. Um, and we were we were kind of waxing poetic about having to use your thumbs for multiple buttons that are in a different location now and like nitpicking it to death of like, should, should the three rows of thumb buttons be space tab return? Should it be return space tab? Should it be command option? And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to type until I'm comfortable and then go back and fix the discomfort that's still there. Can we mm-hmm. can we come back to the keyboard conversation? I have like yeah. so many so many things to say, but I don't want to interrupt the mental health corner. Uh, yeah, okay. let's do it. But, yeah. I, I also have things I want to say about keyboards, and I want to hear but, Brett's. This is but have be, you? But have you? It's going to be a keyboard episode, I'm sure. But Jay, have you have you finished your inventory of retail therapy? Therapy. Um, I bought. I mean, everything else has been kind of like small purchases. Uh, you know, you buy a new 3D printer, that means you got to buy like a hundred dollars oh worth of filament and. Mm-hmm. You know, you you use your sister's college email address to get a discount on like all the CAD software. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So hey, good, good good for you for having a sister um who still has like a working uh like college email address. Oh, um, she's still in college. We're just... Well, I mean, well, but good for you for that too. Like, yeah. my, well, my, my sister never graduated from college. Um, uh, and so uh, that I, I can't I can't use that. Um, my oh, my college email lasted a really long time and then it stopped working and. I've I've low key I've done I've tried to do the math. I'm sorry to be interrupting um your mental health slash therapy um uh corner, uh retail therapy corner, sorry. Um, but um I've done the math a few times and it doesn't quite work out where I'm like, should I just enroll in a community college class to get the discount on stuff? And then I'm like <laughs> You say so one class. Here, here's yeah. good for you for actually paying for software even if it's with an EDU discount. Agreed. Yeah. Cause you could probably steal that stuff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is it just like too subscription. lazy. Not just lazy, like yeah, I exactly. Wanna... And and the free versions, like they have free versions, but it's like okay, if you use like Fusion three hundred and sixty, you can have ten save files. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> like that's stupid. Um, are, are there cracks out there for subscription apps? There are, but they're hard. So this has been like, and and I, and Autodesk is notorious about like, and this goes back to the eighties. Like this goes back their entire time. Like they used to make people use fucking dongles, like yeah, special I dongles, remember. like the, actually Pro Tools, like Pro Tools. Yeah, yeah. My dad yeah. was my dad was an engineer, and he always had AutoCAD. Uh, yep, I remember this. So so they are like the worst about that stuff. Now, are there ways? Yes. Um, uh, now I don't know if you're using because I haven't used any AutoCAD stuff in in forever. Um, I'm assuming that Fusion 360 or whatever works on a Mac and on Windows. Usually these cracks only work on Windows. Yeah. But um, and, and you have to do things. If you do use it on a Mac, you've got to use things like, oh, what's the um, 
what's her favorite app that like is is basically like the the network blocker um uh, like um, little snitch yes yes yeah like yeah, little snitch like if you have like certain you know like block lists or whatever for it to go out to the servers you know you can get certain things working but um i mean i haven't looked into the autodesk stuff i assume people have things that if you run it just right will crack but a i think that now i'm looking at this i think like fusion 360 is largely a web thing so that would be hard and, and it sucks and it it's, sucks it's and, not even good software uh, which does not surprise me in the slightest but i know with things like adobe like you're stuck with like one version and you can't really get updates until people will release like an atomic update and the problem is is that adobe updates photoshop like every five seconds and now with the AI stuff, like you, you do kind of want to use the latest version. So, so good fun. for again, good for you for just like paying for it. Like I, I, um, I get Creative Cloud through work now, but I have at various times over the years also had my own personal subscription. And even when like work may or may not have offered it, because there were there were po- there were politics with uh with Microsoft oh. over like who could get a, a subscription. Yeah, and I, I didn't always to this get it. Conversation too. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure you have thoughts on this too. Oh, and so man. they they run like fifty percent discounts from time to time, and I'd be like, yeah, I'll pay the thirty dollars a month or whatever for Creative Cloud because to your point, Jay, I'm lazy. I'm like, yeah, I could probably find a cracked copy, um, but uh, it's it's too much effort. And at this point, like, I'm not the poor college student or high school student that I was. A million years ago. Although in college, I, I could have used education discounts. So anyway. Uh, I have a friend who bought a, a 3D printer like uh, maybe five years ago, back when they cost 10 grand. Um, and he, like he, money is not an issue. The dude makes almost seven figures as an independent software developer and it blows wow. me away. Um, and so he he tried all of the CAD software and everything and ended up just I don't know what the site is, but he used a web based modeling system. Sounds like uh, on shape or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, he just found that. And I needed I needed a, an inset. I bought a, I'm, I'm going to shut up. It's your it's your mental health corner. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> 3D, 3D print health corner. Um, well, the the one that I wound up settling on is like Shaper 3D. And the only so reason good. I, yeah, because the fact that it has an iPad app. I was yeah. like, nice. you know, Apple Pencil, you're oh, doing yeah. stuff. I'm not doing anything incredibly complicated. Um, and I mean, I think Fusion 360 was like $1,500 a year, Shaper. Like if, if you have to pay for Shaper, it's like 300 So it's like, I mean, it's the it's the better bargain. It is, I mean, they'll be the first to tell you we're not 3D printing software. We're like modeling software. So, you know, you're going to deal with some things that suck. But at the end of the day, you just learn to work around it. Um, but anyway, all of that, all of that to say, spending money on stuff, um, it didn't solve the problem. The, the solution to the problem was uh as of this episode coming out i have given notice that i will be leaving my job so um i i have a new thing lined up already which is good because i'm i'm not the type that's just like obviously i just bought a bunch of a printer and a bunch of software and stuff so i'm like i don't i don't have like money that's saved up or anything um but i want to talk about how mentally destructive large corporations are with like ex- like early leaving. So I got a bonus when I joined. There was so much confusion. I mean, there was so much confusion around me moving across the country and whether or not I would take a pay cut. Spoiler alert, I took a pay cut. But like 
I was told, okay, you get all your bonus up front. If you stay for a year, you don't have to pay it back. And then I was like, okay, cool. sounds fine. So I get hired on and they're like, oh, actually we lied. You're going to get half your bonus up front and the rest of it after you've been there for a year. Okay, cool. So now that I'm like, wait a minute, I've been here for almost two years. If I leave before the two-year mark, do I have to give my entire bonus back? Do I have to give a portion of my bonus back? And like, no one can give me a straight answer. Everyone's like, oh, we don't know. Some people are like, maybe you won't have to do anything. And other people are like, you have to pay your whole bonus. And and I would put it this way. Like if they came back to me and said, you're going to have to pay back your entire bonus, I would have to tell them, can I just not quit? Because you literally would bankrupt me. And that like, there was a part of me that I, I negotiated the hell out of my new gig because I, I was like, I am terrified of leaving and having this extremely large company send their goons out to be like, hey, you owe us this money. It'd be a shame if we had to garnish your wages for a year or something. You could go on the run. It takes corporations so long to do anything. Yeah. You could keep, you could stay ahead of them. Just just hop from place Tell to place. Tell them I sent an email. And <laughs> yeah. Give me six months. I, so, I sent a message. Side, Sidetrack for a second. Um, my benefits for my job include uh, healthcare, as almost all do. And um, there was this option to set up a separate flex spending account for a dependent. Mm -hmm. And they refer to my partner as a dependent on when I order like cards, it says L Newman dependent. So I went ahead and put extra money aside for L Newman, my dependent. She tries to use it. I assume all year that it's coming out of this separate dependent account when she uses her card. And then I notice at the end of the year that, nope, that money hasn't been touched. I go to HR and they're like, oh, yeah, dependent FSAs are only for children, which I don't have. Motherfucker. <laughs> so on early December, I said. I'm sorry, I didn't know. I like this was an honest mistake. Can I get this money rolled back over into like my HSA or my FSA, whatever? Mm -hmm. um, and it took them three weeks to tell me um, that it was my error and they couldn't do anything about it, but they were changing my benefits for next year, <sighs> which I had also already signed up for the, the, when I, when I uh, updated HSA, my benefits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're like, we canceled that for next year, but that thousand dollars you set aside, I'm afraid that's gone. So I, I went through like an appeals process and they said, we're granting you a one-time exception. And I'm like, no problem. I'll never make that mistake again. What but assholes? Well, I mean, good for you for going through the appeal process because I- thousand dollars. It's I not mean, nothing. No, you're not wrong, but I'm like the sort of person who, and and it's it's awful because I I spent my mother a while, I watched my mother spend like my entire life like fighting with insurance companies over every mm. last cent, and so I know how to advocate for myself and I know how to do those things, but then I just get so lazy, uh, or or I just get like so frustrated with the thought of even going through it that I would just probably let it go dumbly and then I'd be mad at myself for like sure. another year. So well, good like for you for actually going through it, but also fuck them. And like fuck HR genuinely for not making that very clear because oh, my, they know H that our HR is so slow and they I hate 
I hate working with HR. Like I'll ask oh, yeah. every manager, every question I have, and I won't contact HR until I get down to like, well, you're going to have to go to HR with this. Cause most of the questions, like people who have been there for 10 years can answer. Um, I ask employees at GitHub questions yeah, <laughs> instead of yeah. going to HR. Yeah. Like I would much rather just ask like a different company, like, yeah. hey, how how do we do this? I have $2,400 in bills from, they're paid, uh, but bills from a therapist that isn't covered, that doesn't submit to insurance. Um, and I pay them out of my HSA and that's fine. But we went to submit all of these bills to... Uh, the insurance company to try to get refunded into my HSA. And they responded with like, basically they said, oh, these are already paid. They're not our problem. Um, your plan allows this, but we're paying $0. So so if it weren't for L, um, that would be a dead end. I'd be like, fuck it. But L is willing to, if we team up like, Making this is actually good mental health corner right here, but making calls to an insurance company is stressful for both of us. Mm -hmm. um, sitting on hold, dealing with uh, customer service over the phone um, and dealing with things that we don't understand and we honestly need help on. And they are not their goal is not to give us money. Um, right. Their goal is to convince us that we don't need the money. Um, right. So it's a stressful call for both of us. But if we team up, even if I'm just sitting next to them on the couch and and they make the call, um, it like it, it's a teamwork. It's like it's like a, a group process. And then I'm Great. there to answer questions and stuff. But we both need that together. Elle and I make one functioning adult. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh shout out shout out to my latest episode of Conduit where literally it was called I wish I had a Britney because I was like waxing poetic about like oh all of the stuff that I just struggle to do like my partner just picks it up and runs with it and we we kind of share that same load and Kathy was just like I wish I had your partner too and I was like well <laughs> you know <laughs> you're like sorry she's mine yeah exactly and she, she's great she's really great. Um, I thought I thought this was a this you were going to go into like last year. bitch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wrong Brittany. No, no, like 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 <laughs> like 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 like, like a, a you know um, a stable Brittany. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying that without up. judgment, by the way. I'm just being honest. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 my corner. I'm I'm hoping that this uh, this new thing is going to work out. I. You know, the last time I was here, we did the DevRel episode and, you know, I am sticking true to like the the modern meme of DevRel, which is like you never stay at a job more than two years. Um, I'm so I am like, yeah, I, I would love to have some stability. And this next role is a big promotion. Like I want to get into management. I want to be a DevRel manager. I want to like make cooler advocates out there and get people to stop doing the stupid shit that they do for no reason other than like, Oh, but it's an OKR. Like, fuck. Um, but like, I'm hoping that this, this opportunity kind of laid itself out in front of me and they told me all the things that I wanted to hear without me asking them. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll be leading a team in the next couple of years and that'll actually give me a reason to stick around, you know, a single company for a while. 
or you know, I'll, I'll for as long as and, it's good. Yeah. yeah, you know, or I'll bounce and do something different. I guess. Is that what you said in I'm, the interview? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I uh, I so I've talked before about the manager turnover at my job, and um, I think on, the last update was that there are no managers. Plus, your uh, yeah, and then nobody knew you were working. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, so what they did was instead of filling the manager position. Because it's untenable for the VP to have a hundred reports and actually, you know, keep everyone working, um, but they don't have headcount. They say, um, even though stock prices are real good, um, they are coming back. They made one team of one member of my team a team lead with no pay raise, just made him kind of like a pro temp manager. And it is not like I feel bad for the guy. Um, he's into it, but he's just taken on a bunch of responsibility. And he's the one who will have to answer for any failures of the team uh, with no pay raise. Like that, that just does not make sense to me. No, absolutely not. That's that's been that's where I like draw the line. And luckily, everywhere I've worked has realized that that like, hey, we're gonna ask you to take on all of this extra responsibility. And I'm like, okay, well, how is my compensation going to be adjusted mm-hmm. for this this change in role, or how is my title and my compensation going to be adjusted? Like, I I refuse to. And I mean, you know, we can wax poetic about, you know, when I started at Microsoft, we weren't an AI company. Like we did AI things, but um, we didn't have a co-pilot button on our keyboards. Right. Um, like the definition and the, the scope of my job, if I read like why they hired me, we don't do that. So I'm like, oh, well, I mean you've put me in a new job in any way without changing my role or my pay. Well, you changed my pay just for the worse. Um, so like, why would I want to stay? Yeah. Other than that, my team is super dope. Like I love my, my little small team, but like they get it. They're like, I wouldn't blame you. Like, so it sucks, but hopefully brighter things are at least, you know, that ADHD, like, oh, hey, here's a bunch of new knobs to turn and new processes to learn. And um, it'll give me something to like super like hyper focus into for a little bit. And we'll see what happens from there. So you've got the depression. You've had the depression. Had is the depression. that is that related to ADHD? And are you doing anything about it other than buying a bunch of shit? Um, is it related to ADHD? I don't think so because it's, it's one of those, well, maybe it's one of those weird situations where like everything in my life is getting better, but yet mentally I'm challenged, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, see the last time I was on the episode, we talked about, you know, some of those things of just being, being in a different tax bracket, um, has done a number on me, but I'm, I'm making peace with that. And now it's like, okay, wait, the way things are lined up, I should be able to pay off my house in five years. And if I can do that, like before I'm 40, I'll be debt free. Uh, like cars paid off, houses paid off. All we'll have is our monthly bills. I can literally do whatever the fuck I want at that point. Like I can go, you know, teach seals in Alaska Python if I wanted to. Like it would be fine because the bills are paid. But like it's, it's weird that 
I'm being challenged at work. I'm learning new things. I'm I'm in a very healthy spot. The things that I'm asking for, I'm getting. And it's not enough. It's it's not doing yeah, it. So. I don't think I don't think that this is related to your career or your paycheck yeah. or anything. I think there's probably like an actual like depression, which is, you know, a a, a diagnosable thing. Yeah. So are, do you go to therapy? Do you take medication? Do you do anything? I lost my therapist when I moved because he's not sure. licensed So in the state. So now I haven't looked for a new one. Um, and I definitely haven't looked for uh, a new psychiatrist because the last one just... I, I'm, I'm still reeling from getting burned for my last psychiatrist. Um, but I, I, I should... I, I don't want to say I should grow up on that, but I, I probably should make better decisions you should get a britney i should get a britney yeah yeah that will get you (laughs) get you an appointment with a psychiatrist and take your existing diagnoses and because i mean retail therapy you can afford it it's not going to kill you um and it's not as you said effective like it didn't it didn't change anything and the new job and the new, the excitement of like a, a pay raise and everything didn't do anything so i think there's yeah. something else going on I, I and i think the the problem with that is that it's like it's one thing like bleeding into another like yeah you're right i could afford the retail therapy but to to be transparent you know to make six figures and live check to check like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a in a state that it is relatively inexpensive to live in mm-hmm. like Very it takes twenty dollars to fill yeah. up my car like like yeah. gas is dirt like i don't i don't i kind of don't want an electric vehicle just because i don't want to spend the extra money like it would right. be more expensive um and i know that that's maybe ruthless but also no. hey I, it's it's the reality of it so it's like all of these things are happening in a in a position where like I, we should be better. I should be better. And I feel like part of it is my fault. And I'm like going and, Hey, I'm going to make more money now. And it's like, okay, but yeah, that's great. But if the problem isn't solved, you're still going to be making more money and still living, living like you do. So it, yeah. I don't know. You're, you're right. I should definitely talk to someone about it. That's why, uh, again, I'm glad that, uh, Jeff gave me the link to show up every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you man, you're doing, you're doing so well. Like your career is blossoming. You're you're doing exactly what you want to do. And it sucks that you would have to deal with depression in addition to all that success. So yeah, do something about that. About but I think the encouraging thing there I would say is like, I, at least for me, it's encouraging. Uh, for some people, it might not be. But for me, it's encouraging when I can realize that the depression is not b- situational, that it's not based on the things going mm-hmm. on in my life. Yeah, that, exactly. hey, this is something that that I that I don't have any control over. This is not like a, you know, everything in my life is going great. So why do I feel like shit? Well, because something is wrong with my brain and that's not on me. And so this is a real medical problem and I can talk to somebody and get it fixed. It's It's a lot more difficult in some cases when it's like, Oh, well, all these terrible things are happening and that's also making me feel like shit because I can't control I can't control any of that, right? Yeah. yeah. And even though I can't control my my, you know, biochemistry and and make my, you know, like uh, neurotransmitters, you know, produce endorphins and and things like that the right way, serotonin levels, all that shit. Like I can't I can't physically, you know, make my my brain work right. I can at least have control of saying, "Okay, well, I'm going to find 
a psychiatrist who will listen. I am going to find a therapist. I am going to find some place to get a solution because I know that there's a solution to this problem. Whereas if it's, you know, um, I, I don't uh, make enough money or I'm unemployed or someone has died or, you know, other terrible things are happening like that, you could be at a complete loss for for how to deal with. So I don't know. Plus one with what Brett said anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do either of you want to go next? Go, Jeff. I want to hear from Jeff. I never get to talk to Jeff. <laughs> um, man, let's see. I had a thought, a couple thoughts coming into this, and they're like they've kind of left me. I mean, that, to to stay on the theme of this episode, which is like the water cooler, <laughs> <laughs> like talking about uh, work and professional stuff. Um, I'm definitely trying to figure out. I you know I'm uh, I work for this. I'm part owner of this research and evaluation collaborative in Minneapolis, um, which sounds really dull, but we do really awesome. And does like, not sound dull at all. Pause work. that. Yeah, it sounds amazing. <laughs> Jeff, do do you let people work remotely? Because again, house paid off. We I, I want to go do we, that. We only work <laughs> remotely. We had an office um, before the uh, pandemic that we really barely used and uh, ditched it and never went back. Um, and, uh, but anyway, like I, so for, so I've been there for 10 years, um, came straight out of journalism into this work and, and have really loved it and have loved, uh, being like a member owner of a cooperative. Um, there's nine of us and it's, uh, we've been able to, we've, we've gone from like we literally borrowed our bylaws from grocery co-ops in the beginning because there were like three of us and we had two contracts and it was just like, let's just get it going. Um, and and now we have, you know, we have professional development budgets and PTO and health insurance and all the stuff we've been able to kind of start creating for ourselves and for other members who, you know, may eventually come on and employees and stuff. And that's been really amazing. And I can't imagine ever leaving. I also can't. I knew this when I left public radio, which was my last journalism job. Like I can't go back to an office. I just can't stand it. I can't stand how much time is, is just lost and wasted uh, on things that would otherwise not even come into your life. Um, if you were working from home, which most of us do now. Um, but uh, until last year, I've only worked large contracts that are multi-year projects and are, you know, it's, it's close to having a salary. It's like a very, guaranteed amount of money for, uh, it's hourly, but it's a guaranteed, you know, at least baseline of money for, for, you know, two, three years. And, um, and that my last, uh, the last of my kind of large projects ended, um, last year. And I'm now doing multiple projects that are smaller. They're shorter in, um, in, uh, duration, uh, and they don't, pay i mean they don't pay as much um which like even the ones that pay the rate i'm used to getting it's like they're over so fast that i might have just a, i just have a weird balance of income that's making it really hard to budget especially as I, we're sending one kid off to college and paying a bunch for that um and so i have been like super stressed because I, the hardest thing to adjust to in that case, I mean, the, the not being able to budget is really hard, like really hard and frustrating in work. What's hard is, um, I do qualitative analysis. I mean, I do a lot of stuff, but 
and I do a lot of data work. Like I'll do a lot of data cleaning in order to, and I'll build like custom data sets and do records requests when it's, uh, when it makes sense for a project and all that stuff is slow work. And, um, the projects that I'm on now just don't have the budget for slow work and the slow work is how you do the good work, especially, I mean, the kind of work that I'm really interested in. I, I work with people that are more trained as evaluators or a couple of them come from more sort of, um, like health data backgrounds and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm, I come from, I mean, this is what I was in journalism too, is I, I, I love nothing more than creating, gathering up enough uh, data or stories in one area that I feel like I can say something that hasn't been said, or I can reflect an experience that hasn't quite been reflected that way, or kind of um, curate, you know, experiences in a way that is, um, you know, like a, one goal for me always is not to ever tell people's stories if I'm in the position of doing that at all. And I try not to be telling people's stories, but to, to work with, with people's stories, like in the case of qualitative data in a way that, um, that really kind of honors them and their story and, and doesn't do the thing that journalism does all the time, which is cut them out of the meaning making the second you hang up the phone or, or leave their house. Um, I love doing that kind of work. Uh, and I love creating, you know, data bases that didn't exist, like taking pieces of data, um, or data sources and, and like mashing it together in a way that's very careful, but ultimately, and ultimately allows me or us to kind of show something that otherwise isn't, isn't, you can't really see. I love doing that. That is super slow work. And they're just, it's been really frustrating for me because the initial part of my learning process was just to still do the slow work and then realize I had burned through my budget and I wasn't even at the point where we're writing or whatever else. And that's been really annoying. Um, <laughs> Cause you paid, you paid me for too much shit. No, that project's that project was never a problem. That no, 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 no. The, you're talking about the dream days when I was on a project sure. that had like a practically limitless budget, and we could. And we, and what was beautiful about that is, you and I, me and the rest of the team, we built things. Like we built things to do this work that are benefiting the work I do now. It was amazing. I, I, I had time to be slow, time to experiment, too much time to be slow, but that's okay because that's like how I build things. If I don't have a yeah. lot of time and I can't go kind of annoyingly slow, I don't come out with something novel. I just come out with the same shit that anyone would have come out with. And, um, and, uh, so anyway, I'm just really, I'm struggling. There's a lot of stress for me with both the money part being inconsistent and there not being like a guarantee. Like I, I'm in a situation right now where it's like, I got a couple projects that if they come through, I'm fine. And if they don't come through, I'm kind of fucked. And I haven't been in that situation in a really long time. I had three salaried jobs before I switched to Terra Luna. Um, and I've had really sweet project budgets ever since then. Um, so that's just like, you know, everything's stable in terms of like, you know, why well, my health insurance doesn't come through Terra Luna, but like health insurance for, comes through my wife and that's stable. And our finances are like basically, sa you know, we have savings, like whatever it's, that stuff is okay. Um, but I don't. I start to get kind of mixed up and turn over on myself when I have to do that much sort of context switching while also worrying. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I already can kind of get turned around on myself just in how I kind of hold and manage files, even though I have systems that are basically sound. I mean, I do everything in text files, which means even if it's not organized, I can find it extremely easily sure. and I can, you know what I mean? Like I can, but um, but yeah, I'm just having a lot of stress around the 
the kind of my context being changed so dramatically and it taking me six months to figure it out and the figuring it out being kind of painful. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of where, what I'm like, and I've just got headaches all the time and like, I'm not sleeping well and it's other things contributing to that, but it's, it's just like a, a time I'm looking forward to get, getting past basically. And then add into that a tendency to overpromise and underdeliver generally, like, you know, like I feel like when I deliver, it's always received well. And I do feel like I deliver things that are unique and, and come from my very weird set of experiences, both life and professionally, but man, the under delivering is real. <laughs> also something you don't say in job interviews, but I don't expect, sure. to I don't expect to have any of those. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to me. <laughs> I feel like, go ahead, Jay. I think it's interesting that like one, every everybody on this podcast like does long, slow projects and does them well. Like, I mean, Christina, I'm not even going to talk about how you had me in tears, like just from the last few weeks with Rocket and like the downloads been going on through multiple employers. Yeah. And like I see you do stuff with longevity. And it's dope. And I mean, Brett, you've been, I, I don't know how you manage to keep, I've, I have software projects that are like five years old and I'm just like, what is this mess? And <laughs> you're, you're like, oh, that's cute. Like, you know, we're over a decade on how, how Mark's been around for how long now? Over a decade. Over yeah. A decade, yeah. So it's, and even with like some of my work projects, like I, I like the six month, eight month projects that are like, okay, we're going to take our time with this and we're going to come out and we're going to swing. And when we swing, it's going to do numbers that no one has seen come from our team before. And it's hard when right now everything is being, you know, preached about faster, like mm -hmm. do this faster. Like, oh, AI is going to make everything faster. It's the same work, but better and faster. Da, da, da. Well, it's, it's the same work, but mid and, you know, five times as fast. So for me, like, I feel like we're in this position where there's a lot of just the way that we do things, the way that we tinker, the way that we really invest ourselves in the work that we do. I do feel like it's getting attacked a little bit. Mm. And I don't think that, I definitely don't think that we've been obsoleted because I've seen that work. It's garbage. But like, <laughs> I think I'm waiting for the rest of the world to realize like, hey, you need someone that is methodical, takes their time on something, has a longstanding relationship, has understood why things are work the way that they do that goes beyond the knowledge. It's it's the experience, it's the wisdom that comes with it. And I think that's something that, you know, it's, I think we'll get back to it. And I, I think when we do, I think everybody, you know, on this show will be slightly happier with the work that they have to do on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not looking forward to a day where my job is just basically coming up with chat GPT uh, prompts. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that I, I think that you're right, Jay. Like, I think that there will be a, a natural kind of move back, um, once the, um, I guess the, the fervor and the excitement is, is over a little bit. Right. Like, I think that's one of those things where people will be like, okay, well, like, you know, we're, we're a little bit like, uh, 
we have a little bit like better understanding now of like what things really are. And so we're not going to be as, um, um, like gung ho about things the way that we are now, there will be a balance back. And I think that'll be good. I think that there is probably going to be like a real profound change in some of the things that we do with automation or AI, you know, really that's what it is. It's, it's automation, you know, more than it is uh, actual artificial intelligence. Um, but I'm hoping that we'll be able to find a balance because yeah, like I, I don't mind doing some prompt engineering, um, because that can be fun and a fun challenge, but yeah, I, I wouldn't want that to be my entire day either. Like that, that's, that's depressing. But I also think that there's like this opportunity and this is the sort of thing where I think that, uh, especially people who do what you do, um, uh, Jeff are in a really interesting position because there will be this like call for like, you know, the like artisanal non GPT, you know, type of, of long form investigations and, and, and data stuff, right? Like there is going to be, it's not going to be as big as it was to be very clear. Uh, but there is going to be like a, 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 I guess like a demand out there for people who have skills that are not in any way the product of automation and and mm-hmm. uh, and there's going to be almost like a way you can almost sell it it's like oh i'm a real writer i'm writing this for you you know like like th- this is this is like grain free and and organic and and you know fed by whatever like this is <laughs> this is this is the real writing right this is mm-hmm. this is any of that chat gpt you know fortified bullshit like this is this is the real stuff um i think that there's there's definitely going to be like a um a demand for that um the problem is is frankly uh for some people who were never that good to begin with and some people who were good to be clear like it's not going to be just the the bad people who get or not bad but i guess mid people who get impacted by this i'm I'm aware of that but is that the demand for the really good shit is going to be a lot smaller and that's that's unfortunate but i do feel like the stuff that you do jeff has real value and I'm, i'm hopeful that that will come back, not so much in vogue, but the people will be like very clearly aware, like, oh yeah, like that's, that's what we want to actually pay more money for because it has more cachet now, even than it did before, because mm-hmm. we can differentiate it as being like, oh no, see, this wasn't done with any of, of those fancy tools that, that you don't know if you can trust or not. This was, this was done by a real reporter and a real, or, or even like let our pay us to let our brains decide how to use things like chat GPT, right? I mean, I like, think that's the, that's the ideal thing. I think, honestly. Yeah. yeah that is the ideal thing. Cause I mean, I did certainly work it in at this point in ways that um, it's just like, I mean, we don't have to go into this cause we all know this, but it's just like, it's, it's so much about how you use it, how you, how you approach it, how you, you know, treat what comes out of it. But like, yeah, that's, that's the key right there. How you treat what. Comes and out of it. I, and the, I guess to that end, like I do bring my, you know, decades as a reporter and a decade now as a researcher, like I bring that, I bring all of those, all that skepticism, all that kind of, you know, fact checking instinct, all that stuff to it. Right. And, and that's something we all probably have as a real advantage over somebody who's trying to use it for their work and going, what? And then maybe gets burned. Um, And I think that's the thing that's going to get lost though. Like, I mean, I spent this entire week working on open telemetry and it's like, I knew what open telemetry was, but I'd never like played around with it. Mm. And in the moment I was like, okay, if, if I do exactly what a chat GPT asked me to do, what Copilot asked me to do, because I'm working with a brand new product, 
it's not going to work. Yeah. And it it became a challenge of like taking what I know, understanding what I know about like Python as a programming language, what I understand about open telemetry as a concept. And then what I know about like our cloud infrastructure and saying, okay, I can take these pieces and make sense out of them. But when I went back to the PM, the PM was like, oh, so how was it? I was like, oh, it was absolutely horrendous. And here are the five reasons why. And they were like, oh, well, if you're a new user, you're not going to deal with that. And I said, oh, you will when you've invested $15,000 a month into some product Mm -hmm. and it's not working. Mm. And you don't know why it's not working because there is no prompt for this thing that's brand new. There is, and like, you know, it's fun because for us, we get to yell and we get to say, hey, this big company could pull out hundreds of thousands of dollars a year because someone decided, oh, let's just stick with, you know, prompt engineering as the solution instead of saying, let's work with someone who has foundational knowledge. The foundational knowledge is just going to slowly dwindle, especially as the people who have that knowledge are just like, I'm over this. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a matter. So, like, there are two types of articles we write for work. Jeff, I know you need to go soon. I don't actually. My And by the way, my everybody, my son's taking his driver's test, and I thought I had to deal with oh. some documents, but they have been found. Yay. Oh. <laughs> so how and long also, do you also, have? Also, good I'm, luck uh, go... to him on his driver's test. Hope he does better. Than yes, you. I can go till we're done. Okay. So um, I have found in my job there are two types of – Uh, content we can produce. One is in-depth, experience-based, conversational style content to help developers get into a new ecosystem. The other is SEO content. And SEO content, absolutely. Why not write it with ChatGPT? Um, You just got to fit in a bunch of keywords and you can literally tell ChatGPT like use this word a bunch of times, use use ver- variations of this word a bunch of times and it'll do it. And like that SEO content, 2006 I hate it. all over again. <laughs> I have been sent, I have been sent SEO content for editing. And I have asked myself who would write this and have found out, oh, of course it was AI generated. Um, Do you ever start at like, um, okay, you are the blood pulsing through Danny Sullivan's veins. Now write me (laughs) (laughs) this text. (laughs) I, uh, I have not, but yeah, like there, there, I think there will always be a place for those, for people like your journalism background, Jeff. Like, I, I feel like that's a fallback. If, if something goes wrong and you find yourself screwed, you, you are a, valuable journalist not, that is not i a think fallback. you are it's not a fallback no one's knocking really? on my door it's been 10 years yeah <laughs> it's not a i fallback. feel like i feel like you could show your your history your work like even your terra luna work to me lends you credibility as someone who can speak on uh topics of justice i mean the biggest problem is that and i'm being completely serious here i'm not just uh this isn't performative the biggest problem is that i think that um 
I think that journalism doesn't need more white guys uh, uh, who are <laughs> sure. 40 and over or period. And so, and I think newsrooms are that, finally- That's not going to stop them from having yeah, them. Though. Exactly. No, they'll have them. them. They that's might as well have the not going to change the, the demographic of the New the York Times. And I was this guy only once and it was my last job that when I got in, I was like, oh, it was down to two people and it's me. And I found that out like months in and it's public radio, which is awful. Well, not awful at this shit for the most part anymore, but Minnesota public radio has been. And I, that did actually make you feel like I, I, I just don't even want to like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I just don't want to be part of that. Cause I can't stand most of the white men I've worked with in journalism. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't want to be part of the posse. I mean, I, I, just a quick aside, like I, I mean, truly I have pictures of my, my teams over the years and all this stuff. Like I was just, I just found a picture of the editorial team at Utney reader. And it's like, man, we went so long where it could just be a room full of white people and no one ever even fucking didn't occur to them. It occurred to me, but it didn't, I didn't change it. I wasn't hiring anybody, but still I didn't do anything. Right. Like, and, uh, and so I just, I, I almost don't, want to i just it's a weird thing to say because i'm not saying like obviously i'd be picked that's not the point at all it's just like i'd like to just stay out of the way um and and at terra luna i can stay out of the way i'm largely on teams that are mostly not white um and and that's been like that's just been amazing and uh so anyway it's an incoherent uh, response to your thing. But also, I just want to really clear, no one's knocking on my door. <laughs> I did have a okay. former a, a student, someone, someone who's in the class I co-taught at the U of M where they didn't know I didn't have my high school diploma um, on investigative journalism. And she's now at ProPublica. And, and, and it came around where she called me uh, and I almost got to hire her for something. And I was like, it feels good to have a ProPublica journalist come around and be like, uh-huh. hey. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's, sorry. I, this is going to be the most like, um, it's like the mental health part of mental health corner is like whack-a-mole. It's like, it pops up. This is all fine. I think it pops up. Then we go over here, pops up, go over here. So I just took us over here. Sorry. Sure. (laughs) Um, before, before Christina and I vie for who goes next, I'm going to sneak in a couple of sponsor spots. This episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking for more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Choosing Green Chef means choosing real, wholesome foods that don't just fill you up, but also support a healthy lifestyle. It's more than just satisfying hunger. It's about feeling good with every bite. Green Chef offers unique farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins. Savor Green Chef's seasonally-inspired recipes where they celebrate the peak ingredients, flavors, and freshness of every season. I spend a lot of time and money at the co-op buying seasonal produce and planning my meals around what's available. Green Chef makes those challenges easy without giving up any flavor or flexibility. I've used Green Chef myself quite a bit, actually. I love how it makes cooking well-balanced, plant-based meals super easy. Uh, No grocery shopping and 30 minutes in the kitchen and you've got a home-cooked meal packed with good stuff. Looking to stock up on functional snacks and clean beverages to support your gut and brain health this January? Head to the Green Market and shop their new Green Bundles, 
a curated selection of unique hand-picked goods that support your overall wellness goals. Go to greenchef.com slash 60overtired and use the code 60overtired to get 60% off plus 20% on your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash 60overtired and use the code 60overtired for 60% off. This episode is also brought to you by Around Square. You know that experience of learning something new that would have been so useful last week or finding something special that you hadn't realized you'd been missing all these years? Well, today might be one of those days. Around Square is a company you probably have never heard about, but for certain people, the brand, the products, the ideas just really resonate. Since 2007, Around Square has been designing and producing beautiful, unusual, functional goods for the mind and body. Their specialty is a range of intriguing little objects for everyday carry. Many of these are things that could be called skill toys, dexterity trainers, or fidget items, but they don't really conform to those labels, and none of them really do the product justice. They're striking minimalist objects more akin to jewelry than playthings, but they're also serious tools designed for creative exploration and peaceful manipulation, things to keep the hands busy and the mind at ease by providing just the desired level of stimulation. Around Square's eclectic range goes way beyond this and includes stationary jewelry, functional clothing, and much more. Check it out at www.aroundsquare.com and use the code OVERTIRED for 15% at checkout. That's around square, A-R-O-U-N-D-S-Q-U-A-R-E.com and use the code OVERTIRED. All right. So, Christina, do you have a mental health corner? Yeah, I guess. I mean, um, I don't have anything really, I guess, that pressing. Um, I'm going through some weird health stuff that I have to go back and get more blood work done on. And that was yeah. causing me more distress last week than it is now. Now I think I've kind of like calmed down a little bit about it. But that's always like one of those things when you have like actual like physical health symptoms and you're like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Um, because then your brain goes into a million different places. Uh, I don't think that it was helped by the fact that um, a guy I used to work with, an incredible, incredible editor, Tom Scotia, wrote this amazing thing for New York Magazine about trying to figure out uh, why his body has been eating itself. And there was no conclusion, which was terrifying. Uh, but also Tom was an incredible writer. And so uh, reading that was, anyway, brought up a lot of feelings for a lot of things. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've just had some, some health stuff going on, trying to figure out like why I've been losing weight and losing hair. And, uh, so far my blood work is completely normal. So I'm going back and getting more blood work done. Yay. <sighs> Love to spend the beginning of the year doing that stuff. Um, but no, but, but otherwise it's really, really cold right now and, and kind of gray. And so that isn't great for mental health, but at the same time, I think I'm doing all right. So just trying to kind of get back into things. Um, I completely like I I understand like the all too well like the the stresses behind like all the things you're trying to do around your job and trying to figure out okay what is um my role and and what is required of me and is this this sort of thing that I want to actually spend my time doing and things like that. I'm I'm fortunate that I'm I'm in a good position right now but I definitely know what it's like to go through kind of those stressors of like okay is this giant company going to fuck me over and um, Ugh. you know, uh, there were layoffs in the tech industry this week, yeah. which, 
Um, feel if, for yeah. you all. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's like uh, for some of us, uh, not all of us, but some of us, like we left, like Brett and I definitely, like we left doing like more indie, like me journalism, him being like a sole proprietor. Like we went to big tech for the stability and then the stability is <laughs> gone and we're like, fuck, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm too late on all this stuff. Like, right. Like I should have gone to tech like five or six years before. And frankly, I should do what, what, what uh, Jay does and like leave every two years. I would make a lot more money if um, I didn't have <laughs> my perverse sense of both loyalty and fear that like no one will ever hire me again, which is a yep, real thing yep, that I do actually yep. think. I'm like, no one will ever hire same. me. Oh, I um, feel that. Which which I know is completely irrational, but at the same time, it is one of those things that I feel like deeply. It is irrational. Like I can I can validate you are uh, extremely hireable. Like you have a future, but I understand. Like I I think that's true about me too, but like I understand that feeling of like, well, if I don't keep this job, right. nobody else will want me. Absolutely. It- it took people messaging me saying, hey, I want you to work with me before <laughs> I did that. And, and for the record, I'm trying to stay at a company longer than two years. I just haven't been able to yet. Um, I I am, I get terrified. I, I've been like you and Jeff, like losing sleep, hair falling out. Like it, it is not... I, I know that it is definitely time to go, but it, I'm like desperately trying to find the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's, but I think that's actually great. Like when you know that it's time to go someplace, like, I think that's actually great. Like, I think the harder thing is actually when you know it's time to go and you stay anyway. And I've done mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, frankly, I did that at Microsoft probably my entire last year there. And that was in retrospect, like I, I should have taken some jobs, some other places that I would not have been happy, but made more money and then, um, made the move to GitHub. Like that's, that's what I should have done. So like, I, I really, really, um, am am proud of you for recognizing that it's time to go. And also, even though it's hard and even though it can be scary, but also finding another place, you know, to go. Um, because I also know from past experience that even if the place you go, isn't like the ultimate place, like getting out of a situation that you need to get out of, is a really good thing. So, um, but sorry, go on. No, I'm, I'm just curious about the losing hair thing. Oh yeah. That I have no idea. Like that is not, I, cause I haven't been under stress and I'm not really sure. Like my, my stylist was the first one who mentioned it. And then like last week, actually, but like, it's not like clumps falling on the shower. Uh, no, it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, exactly. And that was what started last week. And so I was like, Oh fuck. Like actually last Saturday, and I was like, oh, fuck. Um, like, like I had like clumps of hair falling out. And I was like, this, yeah. is, this is not good. Like, I, I, like more hair than usual had I been noticing. You know, maybe it had fallen out, but like it wasn't clumps. And then it clumps started. And I was like, oh, this is a problem. So I immediately went in on Monday and got blood work done. And it was completely normal. And so she's ordered uh, more blood work. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we- <laughs> like I don't um, want something terrible, but completely normal is like nice. When I'm debugging a problem with a cl- a customer, the worst thing that can possibly happen is that I can't replicate the issue because I have no way to solve it. Then and like going in and getting perfect blood work, yeah, that just leads to like, well, then <laughs> what the fuck? No, exactly. And so she's ordered like a whole. Um, a battery of other uh, labs for me and I don't know I'll have to call I guess tomorrow or not tomorrow um, uh, Monday and see if they're open on on uh, Martin Luther King Day or not I-, I would think they would be but you never know um, 
So one one of the benefits that we get from our insurance, although I've got to check on this because they changed hospital affiliations, but either their system didn't update it with the insurance company or the insurance company didn't update it. Because when I went into like after I'd had my appointment and had my blood work done at the one medical office, they were like, did you change your insurance? Because it's showing inactive. And I'm like, nope. And everything looked fine. And then they're like, yeah, well, we just changed hospital affiliations. And I was like, huh. So I contacted the insurance company and I was like, are you still covering this? They're like, yeah, that's still showing, you know, this, this office is still within network. And I was like, okay, but the affiliation you have listed is wrong. They're like, yeah, well then they have to update it in their system. And I'm like, they say you have to update it in yours. And, and I was like, well, so I guess I just have to wait to see if you approve the claim. And then I have to like fight it otherwise. And she was basically like, yeah, so that's, that's fun. Um, the mm-hmm. good news is is that the hospital that they moved to is also covered under my insurance. So in theory, it should be fine. It's just one of those like additional things. But I was going to say, like, uh, I don't know if, if any of you ever used One Medical, but it's um, unfortunately Amazon owns it now, but it is very useful. It's kind of like a if you are in a city that has it and um, uh, Jay, I think you're the only um, one who might be it. They basically have a bunch of primary um, care clinics. And you can make like appointments relatively quickly with people um, and you can go to providers um, at any location, but they also have on-site labs. So if you get lab from like order from anyone, you can go there during their lab hours and just get your labs done. And it's very convenient and very nice. So it's, it's a lot, it's kind of like adding, you know, I, I guess I've never had an HMO, but I guess kind of like an HMO type of thing to people who are not on HMOs. So um, I, I don't know if their lab will be open on Monday or not, but if they, they are, then I'll, I'll go. Otherwise I'll go on Tuesday, but yeah, All I'll right. keep you guys updated on, on, on what yeah. I find out. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So you guys, multiple people on this podcast have mentioned not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, Jay, how are you sleeping, Christy? Oh, I never sleep well. <laughs> what do you What do you average per night? What's your average sleep? Uh, I mean, I don't know because it varies. So, because a lot of times I won't go to bed until like four or five o'clock in the morning, and then I'll get up at like eight. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Oh, so so you're dexedrine fueled and ca- uh, diet coke and dexedrine, and that's how you get through a day. Yeah, basically. Oh man, I do best when I have um like 9 hours of sleep. Um and for the last month, I guess, I have been an insomniac, not manic. Like when I'm manic, I get up, I code, I like I surf the web, like I do things. And right now, I just lay in bed awake wishing I was asleep. Uh, four hours at a time and I listen to audiobooks and uh, will eventually drift off but more nights than not I've been getting three to four hours of sleep a night and it is really dragging me down um, I slept the last couple nights but I'm kind of wondering if this isn't some kind of more bipolar type one um, where I'm like hypomanic for an extended period of time, but 
Like I'm super tired. When I'm manic, (laughs) when I'm manic, I can just like for three or four days, I can do anything on zero sleep. Um, And I can just, I can rock everything until like day three when it really catches up with me. But uh, what's going on right now is this extended period of insomnia. That's kind of, it's driving me nuts. I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing all the tricks I use to cut manic episodes short. I'm doing uh, this like mineral uh, Mintran it's called. It's like mineral tranquilizers plus melatonin plus my meds, which generally knock me right the fuck out. And I'm doing uh, sleeping pills too, like Unisom kind of sleeping pills. And none of it keeps me like I'll fall asleep right away and I'll wake up by like midnight and then I'm just up and I don't don't know what to do about it. And it's it's really wearing me down. Last night, though, last night I slept a good nine hours and that's why I'm able to do the podcast today. Um, But yeah, that's wearing me down. However, you may have noticed the the beautiful color of the lighting behind me for those who have it really makes a difference it does and i can change it to like all kinds of different blood moon um, coloration i can even set it to like flash with sound in the room stop that please (laughs) (laughs) i didn't sleep last night i can't handle that um but I have found that so I bought a bunch of Govee lighting, G O V E E, and it's cheaper than trying to buy like Hue products or anything. And it's more uh, reliable than HomeKit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I use I use it with Alexa and I get a certain amount of automation, but most of it I do through the app. Um, where I can like I have timed settings where I can walk into my office. Early morning, it's it's a color setting I created called Fire, where all of the lights are red at the bottom, up through yellow, and then white on top. Ooh. And it creates this, like, um, it's like being in hell, but also very comfortable. Um, Warm. And, like, and then, like, noontime, it switches into work mode, which is what I have going now, which is basically, like, daylight blue lighting. And... I used to think I just needed my office brighter and brighter because I love I love I love designing lighting for a room and I like to make every room feel the way it's supposed to feel. And like around my house, I have archways that are all covered in uh, warm white Christmas lights because those make me feel comfortable. Those make me feel cozy. Um, and I have those all automated on my phone. I can turn them all off and all on at once. Uh, but I never had a room that I could completely control the color in. And so you can see behind me, I have like a wall light, uh, on each side, I have a floor lamp and behind my desk, I have wall lighting and like this whole room can just change based on my mood and based on what I need. And it has actually been amazing for my mental health and my productivity. Awesome. Uh, it costs maybe, I think I spent about $400 uh, putting this whole thing together. And have you ever seen The Accountant, the movie The Accountant? Uh-uh. There's a scene where Ben Affleck 
uh, is like psyching himself up or something. And he turns on some crazy metal, turns on strobe lights, and then starts kneading his shin with a rolling pin. Uh, because it's all about this sensory overload. He, wow. I don't know exactly. I don't remember. Ben Affleck is nuts. I don't remember like what his particular mental illness was, but he needed this influx of stimulation of both sensor, like visual, uh, physical, sensory stimulation. And I understand that. Like as an ADHD guy, um, Sometimes, like a lot of times, I need no sensory input. I need things to be quiet. I need things to be silent, um, just to exist. But then these periods come up almost daily where I need to be overwhelmed. I need to be oversaturated by stimulation. And these lights, when they're dancing to the music, and I can blast the circle jerks and just have the lights going nuts. Uh, it's it's a perfect like. It's for my mental health. I I love it. I really love it. The other part of my current mental health is I have been hanging out with and texting with old friends, which is like a mixed bag for me because my friends from high school were a bunch of assholes. And I'm going out to dinner with some of them tonight. <laughs> And I am not my at friends all of the looking show. forward to it. Assholes. Assholes. Friends assholes. of the show is like, my asshole friend. I always felt like an outsider with my friends. And when we all hang out as like, you know, adults, um, it I go I fall right back into that feeling like I don't fit in, like I'm an outsider. Um, and these are the people that were the most like me in high school. We were the kind of outcasts, insecure uh nerdy uh they were all into role playing and it should have been but i had like religious trauma around that um but like i just i don't i don't dig them but when i got to college i felt much more accepted and a much more a part of so i I've, I've been hearing from um old old college friends um i spent last week hanging out with the guy who first in- introduced me to heroin, but also was like you're like what else? Clo- what else you got? Like, what have you what come up with lately? <laughs> also was like my closest friend through college. He was the best man at my wedding. Um, it, he's a great guy, and uh, my one of my ex girlfriends contacted me and like developed a texting kind of conversation with me, and she's hanging out with the guy who did all my tattoos. Um, who was like a roommate and a good friend of mine. This is really and, like origin story uh, yeah. people in your life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it has been, it has actually been really good for me um, to, so there's like two ways it can go, right? You can talk to someone who was important to you in your past and their life is a hot mess. And you can feel like, um, blessed because you avoided whatever they went through. And then you can talk to them and they're f- like full on successful and like you can appreciate and, and uh, empathize, I guess. Like I consider myself successful in, in what I do and what I am and, and my paycheck and my relationships. And um, I don't have to feel jealous of, 
old friends so I can be like happy when they succeed. So that's been a thing. I, I have enjoyed this period of reconnection. Um, it has, well, and I'm supposed to be more social according to my multiple therapists. Like I'm supposed to get out. I'm supposed to. Seems like you've got a therapist social life. (laughs) (laughs) My multiple therapists. I, I do. I have multiple therapists and, and like universally they want me to, uh, have a social life and, uh, the easiest way I've found to tap into that is to rekindle uh, relationships that were good for me in the past. Uh, even, even ones that were bad for me, but have morphed into like we're, we're grown ups now, we're adults and things are different and we can see where things went wrong. Like this girl I'm talking to, she thought our relationship was serious and I thought our relationship was casual. And honestly, she was really cool and super hot and I could have been serious about her, but I thought she wanted a casual relationship. So I kept it casual and shit went down and apparently like I, I, I hurt her. Um, and it was unintentional and, Uh, But now we're reconnecting and we haven't talked about the way our relationship went down. We're just talking about the way things are now. Um, But it's actually pretty heartening that she still wants to talk to me at all. Um, Yeah. Holy shit. We've been we're at an hour 15 and we're just finishing up mental health corner. I know this is a conversation for offline, but I feel like that's mostly what happens. And maybe it's just time to not call it the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and it just starts with how are you doing? And everyone says, do, we, do we need two shows? It's we need side two note. separate shows. I was going to say, mental health it, side. I was going to say, maybe, yeah, maybe we, maybe we need like, like two shows. Like this I think like we're... mental health, mental health <laughs> corner, it, which is the spinoff of overtired and like overtired, which is like <laughs> us actually talking about like the other things we want to talk about. Or we just yeah. call it gratitude. With the occasional corner? Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or we call it gratitude, honestly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so I guess Jeff, you have you have a little time. I do have time. Yeah, I'm good. Can can we talk about keyboards for a second? Talk about keyboards. Jay, tell us about your latest keyboard. Okay. So I a preface, I'm I'm not a keyboard nerd. Okay. Um you are now. I don't know. No, I like I don't know <laughs> key types or any of that stuff. Um I just know what I got. Um which was originally just me being played so i love that keyboard you just held up you just held up the the full apple usb yep keyboard with the low the low profile switches i can't remember what it was called it it was right before the magic keyboard but it had the number pad and everything oh well no this is the the new this is the modern one it's the just the traditional magic keyboard but i have the one with the number pad yeah i used to have one of those this fella yeah same exactly I have one. the regular one. I used to <laughs> have. Everyone hold up your keyboards. <laughs> I used to have the main one. And I can't see anybody's stuff right now. I used to have the main one. But what I have had, and I've had this for a number of years, is I have this, which uh, is a Logitech the, one. Is that a Logitech? Yeah. yeah, Logitech. Which I like better because it has USB-C, A, um, it's, and uh, uh, B. It, like, I, I, like, I like the keys better. Those are the low-profile ones I use. But yeah. yeah. 
Okay. You know what? USB so, is already confusing, but when you say USB-C A and B as in a <laughs> yeah, sentence, I know, I, it's I, like, I, wait, I, well, what I, are we I, talking I, about? Sorry. <laughs> so the the new keyboard that I got, it's, it's it's actually downstairs because I was you know hanging out downstairs trying to figure out how to type on it. Um, is the Moonlander Mark One, which it's a couple years old. Um, it's uh, I've the words that I believe they use is an ortho linear split keyboard. Maybe not orth, maybe not the ortho. I know like it can rise up so it can like move at different angles. Um, but it's, it's definitely a solid keyboard. I like the feel of typing on it. Um, I think I have MX Brown switches. I think they're whatever the tactile, like, they don't make a super loud click, but there is a click. And like when you press down, there's a noticeable like engage and disengage um, to it, which is really cool. But yeah, the the thing that, I mean, for me, it was, uh, again, I had office budget that needed spending, but then yeah. also like, you know, my, my fingers hurt. It's getting cold. Um, I have lots of joint pain. Um so for me, I was like, all right, whatever I can do that, you know, makes makes me able to type longer, um, preserving, I guess, increasing the amount of keystrokes I have in life, which I think Scott Hanselman like dubbed that phrase of like you're you have a, a limited number of keystrokes that you can you can apply. And the sad thing is you don't know how many there are. Uh, so if I can get some back like that would be that'd be great. But I mean, it's. I have a few of these. I think I have like a what's I forgot what it's called now. It's one of those super like clacky, like thocky keyboards. Um, uh, it's the Keychron. Well, oh, no, it's like a Keychron. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have keyboard money. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think people who have keyboards have keyboard money. That is like the most expensive <laughs> hobby I've ever seen. It, genuinely, yeah, it, it's a problem. Like I've. I've been. Um, I, I came across this uh, actually because of Charles Tan, who I love, who like sent me this um, this uh, model OLED keyboard that um, this this company um, has on on pre order right now, um, which is like a, a take on like the Model M, and it's four hundred and fifty dollars, and that's just for the bare bones. That doesn't even include keycaps or anything. And yeah, yeah, like, sorry. So all, go on. All yeah. of these keyboards, like they're so cool and. At one point I was looking at, it was either going to be like this or like the, um, the UHK. And I know mm -hmm. Brett like yep. loves the UHK. And yep. I was like, oh man, like if I had to pick between the two, I think the UHK, there was like a little bit more, like if I, if they were going to put it together, cause let's be real, I'm not doing it. Like, right. I was like, oh, if, if I have to get it pre-built, like I just, that's part of the like, fun. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Like once, no. once you, once you get into, so like I spent years thinking I was a low profile keyboard guy um, like those older, like even the magic keyboard, those that kind of key feel made sense to me. But I lost sensitivity. I my first my index, middle finger and thumb that have no feeling in them mm -hmm. anymore. And I don't know what happened, some kind of nerve damage or something, um, but a low profile keyboard where I can't feel any tactile response from the switch um, became almost impossible to type on. So switching to mechanical keyboards was almost a necessity to me. But once you get into them, 
yeah, like half the fun is like figuring out which switch you buy, like switch testers and you test out all the switches and you figure out what's the perfect one. Yeah. And then you order, you order a pre-built keyboard, but you order one with hot swip, hot swappable switches. Uh, So if you ever decide to, you can just swap out all your switches change all your key keys yeah makes me then glad you get into like lubing all of your switches and uh oh. uh and 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 your um um your your stabilizers and all that stuff and yeah so does the moonlander tent uh in the middle can you turn it up so they have like these like nubs that, that yeah. lock in so yeah. those will allow it to tent a little so i mean the audience can't see my hands, but it's more like that. Like it's a not, 20 degree. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's good. There is a, they do have like a, a extra accessory that is a like much more radical tent that you can add to it. Um, again, for me, I was like, I just want something that's going to be a little bit more comfortable as I'm typing the, the splitness of it is. And like, I'm, I know, I know, like I took typing, like I, I, you know, I I know the keyboard, but my confidence in it is is broken. And then with linear keys, it doesn't matter how well you know a QWERTY keyboard because the keys aren't staggered. Right. So, yeah. like, I'm I'm typing stuff at a snail's pace and <laughs> just being like, I don't know where the there's like certain buttons that are not there because it's it's not a full keyboard. You know, it's it's a keyboard that has multiple modes. So if you want a numpad, there's a numpad mode that, you know, that you can customize and program and do all these things. And it's it's like the perfect amount of tinker, but like I I kind of just wanna I, I wanna get like firm on the I can type on this before I'm like, you know, hitting plus by double tapping equals three times is probably not going to be the answer. You know what gets me on any keyboard is uh, curly and square brackets. I never, I, I've gone through typing tutors and tried so hard. So what I ended up doing is assigning one of the extra three thumb keys on my keyboard. Uh, so if I hold that down, then the home row HJKL becomes... Uh, parentheses and and curly brackets and like it's the only way I can because it, for me like typing a curly bracket is like a, a lot of key backspace key backspace key especially when you're in an editor that uh, pairs up like you auto it automatically doubles like you you type a left square bracket it inserts the right square bracket so you have to like backspace two bracket yeah yeah so. That's the one that gets me, and that's the one that I've been really grateful. I have a customizable keyboard that I can make <laughs> memorizable for myself. The one thing I wish that this had, because since it does have those profiles, like they have they have their own little service where you can you can see how other people have programmed theirs and you can download their profiles and things like that. I wish that it had app awareness. Because mm. like if I'm if I'm using one of the several browsers that I'm testing at any given time, like there are just certain keys that are different. And I would, I would like to have some consistency across the board, but I don't want to have to sit there and like swap through profiles three or four times and like try to remember color coded combinations of like, Oh, this is the arc browser profile. Let me, 
switch to that or if I'm using Sigma OS, then it's like, oh, let me switch over to that thing and all the keys are different. And it's it would be nice if it just did it automatically. I'm you, I'm you guessing could have a certain amount of luck with better touch tool. That's what I was thinking is I'm which I'm can cer- be Appleware. Yeah. Like better touch tool or keyboard maestro will probably be the solution that I go with on that. There is one new feature that it had that I don't know if anyone's talked about before. So we know about the hyper key. What about the meh key? Like M-E-H. So the hyper key is the hyper key. The meh key is everything but the shift. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Evolution. (laughs) So I, I was just like, huh. Okay. That's so control command alternate this or is option. Some, this is some real good radio. Yeah. So so, yeah, so control uh, command and yeah. no, that's not right. Control <laughs> no, wait a minute. It's control wait, my computer's tenting. My computer's yeah. tenting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I am in that space where like I have a lot of you know customized shortcuts and stuff. But that, I, but that combination is easy to hit. Like that's three fingers. Yeah, but it 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 shifts your hand. Like it you- does. Well, it's easy to hit if you're using a right hand combo key. If you wanted to hit like Control Command Option W, that would be quite the chord to. Yeah. So like there was there's this when you're in Photoshop and you want to save when you want to export as a JPEG or like a web format, you hit con- Control Option Shift S. And like that, like I learned that chord, my, my hands just shape to that chord and I know it's possible, but hitting control command option S that would be a different story. And also much like the hyper key, that's a combination that no app, like you could make those, you could customize those combinations and you wouldn't, you would never override an app's internal settings. So I can understand hyper plus meh would give you two extra keyboards worth of shortcuts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Again, I've only had it for, this is like day three. So I'm, I'm still in the, like telling my mom, like, you know, Hey, I, I ducking love you. And it's not, it's not like I'm censoring (laughs) myself. I'm just, (laughs) um, yeah. So, have you ever tried box white switches? No, I've I've used like most of the stuff that I've used are like the MX. I think I have like MX blues, MX reds, and now I'm having MX browns. Like, Jay, I what like do blues. I have to do to put you into these boxed white switches today? <laughs> uh, give, send me a set of them, and I will sit here with get my a, little get a get a key tester. <laughs> like box white has the for me the perfect amount of click to like thud when it bottoms out. I can't remember. There's a specific keyboard nerd term for that, like feeling at the bottom where it like hits. Um, but like box white has been amazing. I was going to mention uh, UHK just came out with these risers. Let me, can I narrate? The, Brett has just, Brett has just lifted his fucking yeah. weird ass keyboard. That looks like he pulled it out of a <laughs> Tesla. And you can like it set look it like a Cybertruck, like any amount of tenting. <laughs> see, this is how you shift. 
So it can go up to 90 degree tenting. So if you really want to type sideways, can we just say, but sorry, I don't want to I interrupt like this. this. I like this tent right here, which is 30 degree. Can I just say that tenting, which really I don't well. really want to hear anymore. sounds like, you know, how, how was the, how was the date? It was cool. He's kind of, there's a lot of kind of into tenting and I guess that's fine. He said that we could do 90 degrees or 30 degrees, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that's all I'm hearing like, in this conversation. That could refer to camping or erections. I like it. As so, like a general term, I will definitely say the uh, the 3D printing world has a ton of Moonlander accessories. And again, this keyboard's been out for a couple of years now, so um, there are a lot of tent kits. So sorry, Jeff. Um, I will I will never look at the the phrase tent kit again. Um, I'm tenting. I'm tenting. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, like a programmable keyboard, anyone who's any nerd deserves a programmable keyboard. And something like Better Touch Tool can make, you know, your Apple keyboard pretty programmable. But having one like the UHK where I can load up the agent, and I, I think the Moonlander has similar software uh, with like a Teensy yeah. like chip in it, and you can program every key to do anything you want you can program layers you can program key uh key combinations and you can save it to the hardware of the keyboard uh so you don't need a separate app running and it's honestly it's so good yeah and i mean it it solves one of the big problems that i had with using like better touch to like you know, we have one PC in the house that's mostly for gaming. And, you know, okay, cool. All of my stuff. One, I'm already confused because I'm on a PC and I'm like, what do I do? How, what? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I have a couple of Mac minis, a Mac Studio, a MacBook Air, and then I'm going to be swapping the Mac Studio for a MacBook Pro soon. And it's like, having everything sync up there's it's all it always deviates like there's always these slight deviations like for some reason vs code works on my mac studio and vim mode properly but like on my macbook air like it just gave up and i'm like well mm. i don't know having having one piece of hardware with the programming built into it is so nice because now i'm not necessarily trying to program on the software side of the system it's like i'm programming the software side on the keyboard and i can take that keyboard i could you know fly to minnesota yeah. and like plug it that's, into jeff's computer and like just it, it's still my keyboard it's not like oh crap you don't have like these 15 things like hot keying everything he was really into hot keying which is super <laughs> whatever it's fine you just got to deal with it. So Christina just linked uh, the novel keys model OLED OLED, um, which apparently is like an IBM classic oh, model. Oh, that looks M, so beautiful. Yeah. But with one with one OLED key. Yeah, and that'll turn on. I, I don't. I can't remember what the what the the mode is called. Like the 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 Celetic mode or whatever the thing is. You know that like is that really annoying sound that like some um keyboards uh can make or that um uh like typewriters uh could could, could make yeah, yeah. Um, solar so, solenoid yeah solenoid there you go thank you so like that can turn on like it has a hidden like solenoid in it so this is from um a um 
a company called um I think it's called like Play Keys or something like Play Keyboard. And and they've been working on this for a while. I was like looking um after Charles sent me this yesterday, I was looking at their interest check or whatever. And this looks like this is a really well designed keyboard. It's also four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I would yeah. never pay that for a keyboard that wasn't split. I'll never buy another keyboard that isn't split. Yeah. I love split keyboards so much. But it does look great. And it's one of those things I'm like, oh man, this this does look like a really cool thing. What's neat about it is that they've they've like found a way to like, you know, um bend the um or, or curve rather like the PCB. So um it it's um it's uh, top rise. mounted. So yeah, so it's got that perfect rise. So it like it it is like just like like they've they've spent a lot of time with the attention to detail on the plates and everything, and it and it looks really really good. Like um, their actual photos that they've taken of it. Uh, I'm gonna put that in our chat right now so you can see like look really really good. Uh, but uh, um, and and I I watched a couple of streams of people who were sent early prototypes and were able to kind of like put them together or whatever. I think the OLED key. Like I don't care about that. Like that seems completely incidental to me. But the 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 keyboard itself does look pretty awesome. But I'm just like I don't think I can spend that much on a keyboard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, I can, but like, <laughs> like a a DOS plus a Stream Deck would get you just as far. Yeah, I, I know, but this, like, I love this thing though. I got. To I know. I was gonna say I freaking love the aesthetic so much. I was like, I was like looking. I was like, oh, I have some keycaps that would look really good on this, well, and this would be like honestly, a really fun like. Those old IBM keyboards were even the app. What was the original Apple keyboard? Uh, the Apple called? Extended Two. Yeah, like those are those were great. We have one of those old IBMs in the house right now with an old um, computer. My boys run Doom on, uh, and uh, it's the keyboard I learned Leisure Suit Larry on. <laughs> I mean, it's the keyboard I learned to type on, right? Like, it's I think, the like... kids. I never learned to type, but it's the keyboard I wrote my school papers on for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's totally one of those, you know, we had either the IBM or the Apple ones. Either way, like, that's what I learned to type on. And so that's what I'll always associate with childhood is is those type of keyboards. And I've looked at getting um, some over the years. Like, I know that there's, like, the DOS uh, keyboard. And um, and I I've um, I might have had one of theirs years ago. I don't know. But I've, I've definitely thought about um, their keyboards. And But I don't know. There's something about this, especially just because the people who make this, I think, have put, like, a lot of attention to detail in it. And it, it's it's definitely um, like this is definitely coming from enthusiasts, you know, for enthusiasts sort of thing. Um, what happened to the happy hacking keyboard? I keep hearing from people who were obsessed and love their happy hacking keyboards, but they're talking about how it's not made anymore and they can never get a new one. So they're doing everything they can do. Is it? Did it? He's super into happy hacking. I'm sorry. This is the only way I can engage in this conversation. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm looking like they still have like their official website, but I don't know um, uh, if if they're still, you know, doing it or not. Like it looks like they'd had a thing like they'd in like they launched a studio, which has like a little nub on it, like the freaking uh, thinkpad yeah i did because it's like the little nipple thing you know the little i never do this it's like the only thing the the little eraser yeah see eraser he said eraser you said nub i was nipple i've always said nipple honestly and not even to be weird (laughs) it's just what it is let's just call it what it is but i have no idea um i mean a lot of a lot of um keyboard companies have gone under the last couple years because what happened is there was like the explosion of the hobby 
because of the pandemic. And I was definitely one of the people who had been kind of like on the periphery and then got super into it during the pandemic. And then I think what happened is that a lot of these you know companies run on pretty small margins and there are only a few manufacturers of certain things. And I think that they maybe got ahead of themselves and invested in stock and in other things. Be like, oh yeah, you know, this sure. is going to be this long lasting thing. And then it wasn't. And then it, you know, I think kind of like went back down to like the more like natural supply demand curve, which is the people who are really into these things will, um, you know, spend money on on group buys and and on specific keyboards. But then normal people will buy Keychrons or Logitechs or whatever. And- I like that during the pandemic, everyone's like, well, I don't have to work with this keyboard anyhow. I might as well get one I can't use. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I, mean, I mean, the nice thing is they return to office and they bring in all these fancy keyboards and they're like clacking and then finally just someone comes up and like takes their keyboard and throws it out the window. Right. Or, you know, you work at Google and they're like, oh, say, OK, so we're going to make you come into the office, but we're not going to give you a desk that is actually yours. You're going to have to share it with someone on the days that you that you're not in the office, but you have to sit here. Um, so, uh, you know, someone else is going to get to fart in your chair. Um, but if you leave your keyboard here, like, you know, they could steal it. Or you have to share a keyboard. You know what I mean? So like that to me would be genuinely the worst of both worlds. Christina, like, I call that keeping the seat warm. <laughs> Brett, how thing. much I'm... was that tent on your keyboard? Oh my God. <laughs> Just go to his OnlyFans. You could find all about it. He'll send you private tenting videos. Like it's you a will. great deal. Super Man. cheap sub. This is like your it third OnlyFans 90. reference, Jeff. Do you okay. want to tell us something? Isn't that funny? I got nothing to say. Ninety, ninety dollars. Like- okay, yeah, because they're charging one twelve for theirs. So I was like, okay, I just, I just wanted to make sure I was in the realm of like this. Yeah, I mean, no, it's kind of ridiculous because it's just basically a piece of machine metal. Yeah. Um, that I would expect to, if I found it at Axeman, it would be like five dollars. You just said Axeman to a bunch of people who don't know what it is, which is an opportunity <laughs> to tell people what Axeman is, which is the greatest place on earth. Okay, Jeff. Before we get into gratitude, let's talk about Axeman for a second. Briefly, uh, I've been going there since I was five. Can I start? I've been going yep, there since yep. I was five, and since there used to be a, back then, there was a place next to it that was similar called Crazy Louis. And um, Axeman is a, is ostensibly a surplus store. It's exactly what it is, but it's all it's like tech surplus. It's weird. Like here's here's okay. So here's a shopping trip to Axe. This is a real shopping trip to Axeman. Okay, I come out of it with a paper bag that has one. Uh, I picked a Jabba the Hutt head out of a bin of Jabba the Hutt heads from Jabba the Hutt uh, action figures, like from the Star Wars kit, right? Like there's like the heads, they had a bunch of extra heads. Um, I had to walk by an iron lung to pick that up, an yep. actual it's iron lung. It's been there for years. Been there since I was five. The iron lung. And then there's an entire aisle of just capacitors, transistors, and LEDs. Another aisle that's just wrecked electronics. Another aisle that's like pinup posters and um, targets for like BB gun uh, shooting. <laughs> then the, you've got like, um, there's a bin of buttons. Uh, there's a, I mean, like it's, this isn't even doing it justice. It's the most incredible nope. place. And it's right next to the turf club, which is a club where a lot of touring bands come. It's like a seventh yep. street entry size place, which is the place yep. attached to first Avenue and bands will regularly post on Instagram, post on Twitter back when that used to be a thing that bands were on. That oh my god I just went to this place it's the craziest place I've ever been anyway it's a complete blast and you mentioned it and I have to say it if you if you ever find yourself in Minneapolis it will never be listed on like a tourism registry we'll take you there but but you owe it to, there's there's one in St Paul now too I think I think there are two axe bands but yeah, we'll take we used you. to play it back when I was at the University of Minnesota we used to play a game called Assassin. 
um, where you would find elaborate ways to kill uh, other people playing the game. And it would just basically be like, whatever you're doing, a sign pops out. You, like you open your mailbox and a sign's there that says your mailbox is poisoned, you're dead. And I would go to Axeman and buy like solenoid switches yeah, yeah, and make like cans of jolt that if you pick them up, an alarm would go off and you would be dead. And like it, it got, yeah, like it was so much fun. And Axeman fueled so many of the murders I committed in the game of Assassin. I'm sure it's fueled real murders too. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably like, I mean, it does seem like it'd be a very good place. Like if you wanted to commit a crime, like, you know, they've got all the materials, you know, to, to accomplish what you need and to the, do. And it's fully, it's fully run and managed by Krusty Punks. The best I can tell the yeah, exact sure. same who have not aged since I was five and they're not going to snitch. <laughs> oh, hell no. Well, they're not. Because they looked 80 yeah. to begin with. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, now that punks. I'm, now like, that I'm that, actually, that's a great punk name. Actually, that's a great band. Name, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Punk. Now you know you can picture them. It's all brown clothes. It's dirty. They got a pit bull. When the cops are trying to impersonate them, they wear new car hearts, and that's how you know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> X Man. <laughs> now all that right. I'm actually on Mastodon, I'll post a couple photos for you, Jay and Christina. How's, how's Mastodon treating you? It's fine. It's nice. It's a nice, easy place for me to be. I mean, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not in there at a uh, high scale. Uh, I left my 2000 frozen followers on Twitter from when I was in journalism for my, you know, Jay was my first follower on Mastodon. <laughs> and I mean, I'm like 21 deep now. I asked him um, if he was and that's not just the tenting community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Graftitude for God's sake, get me out of this. Let's hole. do it. Let's do it. Who's starting. Okay. Well Jay. I was gonna say we do need to note just at the top the BB edit uh, pick last week is actually out now. So, so yeah, so it was out. It was out the day after. I don't feel too bad about breaking the embargo. No, no, I think you're uh, fine. I think it just uh, just wanted to be a reminder for people if you hadn't checked, BB edit is out now. Sorry, yeah, go on. Jay. I, for sure, I downloaded it. I haven't I haven't fully tried it yet. But um, so mine mine is a game. Um, yes. It's a really interesting game. It's called Shapes with a Z. Um, I'm late to the party because Shapes 2, uh, the demo comes out next week. Um, and they're making it like a 3D version of the original. Get the original. The orig It's like 10 bucks. In the last two days, I have sank probably nine hours into this game. Oh, is it on, on Steam? This it's amazing. on Steam. Nice. Um the best way to explain it is it is assembly line, like watch number go up, but it gets really complex really quickly. You take simple shapes like circles and squares. You can split them into four quadrants. You can rotate those splits. You can add color. You can combine colors to make new colors. You can move them around this plane where there are tunnels and tunneling tunnels and your ultimate goal is to send shapes of different patterns into the home base oh my god this is insane it's like incredibly easy to get started with and actually well i'll do it afterwards because if i if i open that game now you've lost me so like <laughs> i'll send i'll send a, a screenshot to every I'll, I'll post it on 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 mastodon i think everybody's there yeah. um but like oh my god i I listened to someone talk about it and then I watched the preview for shapes too. And I was like, 
all right, this looks cool, but seems kind of intimidating. And then I was like, let me just see what Shapes 1 is about. And I watched a couple of, of videos and I was like, this looks really addictive. And then I played it and then it was two in the morning and I was like, oh shit, wow. <laughs> like, this yeah. is, this is not good. Like it's, it's, it's low speed. It's, it's very Tetrisy. So if you need something, it's something that you can just have running. So if you got to like stop what you're doing and like you're supposed to be at work or you're in a meeting, like in it's something. So it looks like a good in meeting game. It's a definite good in the <laughs> meeting. Probably not podcasting because you're going to, you're going to have to think about it a lot, <laughs> but like, it's just one of those things that like, wow, I, I'm mad at myself for not finding this game sooner because like I woke up this morning and was like, ah, I think I figured out how I can get that one piece going and then immediately like turned it on and like tinkered with it until about 10 minutes before this podcast. So, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Shapes. It's it's definitely a, a dope game. Check it out. I will definitely try it after a big deadline this week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Did you guys try that? I think was it called finite. I did. Yeah. That yeah. It's fun. It's fun. But once you get to a certain level, I'm on like the third. Uh, like you get like silver yeah. bronze levels. I'm on like silver two now and it gets so hard yeah. that it's no longer fun. And the beauty of threes yeah. is that it's always the same it's game. It's always the and same. It's always, you could, it, it's I perfect. thought it was going to replace threes for me, but man, like it got hard enough. That if I need a waiting room game, I'm back to threes. Well, and the thing is for me too, like I liked it, but it didn't have like for whatever reason, threes still has that pull for me all these years later that like I just is just a perfect fidget game and it's it addictive is. enough it that I really can pull is. it in. Whereas that game was fun, but like I didn't ever like think about it. You know what I mean? Like I would I would have had yeah. to like remember oh, what was that game? Okay, you don't cool. fall asleep dreaming about one no. and threes. <laughs> yeah. No, it, which is like also a Tetris thing, right? Like Tetris is yep. perfect totally that way. Yep. Like, you know, I think that's like a very common thing. People like dreaming of Tetroids. And uh, speaking of which, um, uh, did you guys see like the 12 year old who, who beat Tetris? There's two no. people that have beaten it now. Fractal beat it. Oh, sorry. I've, I'm in. I actually observed the competitive NES yes. Tetris scene. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Uh, the the first the first kid like came out of nowhere. No, everyone's like, yeah. Jesus. Like, um, Fractal. Fractal has like programmed his own like Tetris AI bot before and uses it to compete like uses it to train to compete at like the highest level. So fractal beating it, people are like, oh, of course he did. Like, right. Yeah. To me, that's not, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't care. Like it's the, it's the kid. Like that's, that's the one that's like impressive to me because he was born like 20 something years after the original <laughs> NES game came out. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. to me is like far more impressive than like, I mean, not, not taking it away from fractal, like go him, whatnot. But I'm like, you know what you're doing. Like, yeah, I, I, but that's, the, that's the, the competitive scene though. Oh, like yeah. the great, the best player currently, I think he's been the best player for three years now and he's 16. Yeah. Dang. Like, like it's, yeah, it, I, I, well, who else I feel has like to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, that's true. Like, real talk. Like who genuinely, like you, you will never in your entire life have the time to dedicate to like be perfect at a game as like when you're, you know, in middle school and high school, like that's sure. That's the best time. That is, that is the golden spot. Yes. There, there's like a, a designer that I listened to that was like, Oh yeah, you're, 
I'm getting this vibe. And they're like, okay, let me, let me put the schism between me and that person. Like I could play Tetris every day for the next five years and not and be at like 5% how good they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, like that's, that's the level of like skill that some of, some of these kids have, but the, I mean, it's also just fast twitchiness. I'm also going to throw out there, out there that like, Hey, we've done a lot in the mental health like space in terms of things that allow you to focus a little bit better. Um, they got a good head start on us. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure no i mean and that's the thing right and and, and uh, yeah they definitely got like a good head start it is funny though um because i don't i don't follow a lot of this stuff but to see like some of the really old school like from like you know the the guy uh i can't think of his name he's very litigious from a um uh the king of kong um that asshole um you know people who used to be like really big in like the speedrunner community back when like it was comparatively not that impressive and not that big of a deal uh trying to keep up with like this world of you know like uh 25 and under you know like yeah. kids who are just like insanely good and are better than like the the old guard will ever be or ever were and watching them kind of come to grapple with that uh, which i can understand i can understand like both sides of that i can especially understand like seeing people who are way younger than you like better than you will ever be like that's depressing but at the same time as it is so interesting just to see like how how much um progress we've made and things and also i think just like how instinctually you know kids just get stuff now and and are, and are able to do it like some of the the rock band um competitor uh stuff like which again these are kids playing a game that's been was dead before they were born it's it's impressive <laughs> yeah if, if you ever want to figure out what level they're on just I, I put it in the chat but like learning about rolling they literally yes. hold their controller differently yeah exactly, like- exactly. They, they, they hold the controller differently because they figure it out okay this is what you have to do if you want to achieve these things uh because they figure out like bugs in the game it's unbelievable yeah which speaking of speaking of youtube videos um is everyone like is, is this the the year that youtube dies with you know like Tom Scott leaving and then yeah. game theory and everyone. Uh, there are so many creators on YouTube. Yeah. Their future is guaranteed. But is yeah, the old I, guard gone? Like maybe. Sure. Yeah. But like the platform is 18 years old, 19 yeah. years old. Um, that's, that's going to happen. I think the thing with YouTube is it goes in cycles and, and I, I think of anything, it kind of shows that like YouTube fame for the most part is not forever. Right. Like, yeah. You, you, there are so many different YouTubes. Yes. Like for me, like I'm on like atheist YouTube and I'm on like vegan cooking YouTube. And there are uh, creators in those spaces that have earned their, you know, million plus subscribers. And like these for every interest, there's a YouTube for you. And I don't see YouTube itself going anywhere. I see creators falling off. I see, uh, I do, unlike, unlike Substack, which is undergoing a massive exodus right now, 
<laughs> I don't. People who left YouTube to go to things like Nebula mm-hmm. are coming back to back, YouTube. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. like Nebula I, failed. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is that Nebula not a bad idea, right? Like, it's an interesting idea, but it's going to be for a very niche audience. It is like upgrade. Yeah. It, it is it is better Patreon, right? It is a thing yeah. that does not scale. The thing with YouTube and yeah. the reason creators will probably never leave it. I mean, and it's it's interesting because you see them always try to leave and they always wind it back. Live streaming is the one area where it's a little bit different. Most because YouTube doesn't give a shit about live streaming. And, and Twitch does it better. Right. Yeah. Well, Although, you know, Twitch is having <laughs> massive issues right now, too. They just laid off yeah. 35% of their staff. And, Jesus um, they, and and they pull out of South Korea because they can't make it work financially. And, like, live streaming is expensive. And, and yeah. making money off of it is hard. But the thing is, is that YouTube, because of its reach and because of how Google has built its system, most creators will make more money there than they will make anywhere else. And that's yeah. just the reality. I think it's interesting in that one, I do think that some regulation is going to cause a rethinking of how YouTube works in terms of monetization. I think money, like I've talked to people who full, like full-time YouTubers and they're just like, yeah, the, the money has dried up. Like it's like I'm having to work three times as hard to find advertisers. I'm having to work like well, YouTube. And a lot of my favorite channels get demonetized. Right. Like yeah. They don't run ads yeah. at all. YouTube ad revenue is is hor- like horrendously down. But you can combine Patreon with your YouTube creation. And that's what most of the creators I, I watch do. Yeah. I just think that... Th- it was interesting in that the the twenty teens was a world where people would say, "When I grow up, I want to be a YouTuber." Yeah, I don't <laughs> fully know that that's going to stick that's around. A, I think that's that's still an aspiration. Yeah. It is. Sure. I, mean, I was going to say all the studies are showing that they want to be a creator. They, they might not say yeah. YouTuber, but like it, whether it's YouTuber, TikTok, or or you know Instagram reels, they'll go wherever the money is. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. think that they'll they've learned that like diversification of platforms is is going to be the most important thing so now they'll say i want to be a content creator i don't want to be a youtuber like i want to be a tick i want to maybe still want to be a tiktoker but like i don't know i don't know how that works i've actually decided to be a threads creator (laughs) i mean my god with an off with an offshoot on blue sky be a master tutor future here master (laughs) tutor I mean, this is like, this is why it's disappointing for me that like of all the, well, I'm still can't access my Twitter account, which is very upsetting and whatever. Oh. But like, um, that my, my biggest following, uh, after that is on, is on Mastodon and I like Mastodon a lot, but because there is no algorithm by design and whatnot, like, you know, it's hard to grow and it's also hard, like, you know, if you ever wanted to, to monetize or point people towards other things, like it's a, it's a very specific type of audience that will never grow beyond that group of people. And, and, and that's, and that's fine, but like, it's a primarily white and highly male audience as far as I can tell, super tech nerdy and, and, and ideological and yeah, and that's completely fine. Um, uh, but like there are other people out there and I have other interests too. And it's sort of, you know, depressing sometimes where I'm like, fuck, you know, the one place we had on the internet that really did combine everyone together was Twitter. Mm -hmm. And that was ruined for us. Um, like for all for all You're the right. bad things about Twitter, like that was the ultimate thing. Like everybody really was there sucks. of all different types. Yeah. Yep. I have now- reduced myself back to like Discord, like private Discords yeah. now. Totally. Yeah. And 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 I and I think that, that I think that we miss something like when we don't have like the you know omni channel, like the 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 you know, the town square, so to speak. Because it's great yeah. to have those individual places. But to your point, Brett, like you have 
everybody has a different TikTok. Everybody has a different YouTube. Um, yep. and, and, and you don't all get to share in those things. Um, and, and then yeah. threads is so bad at real time stuff that it just makes it hard for me to, I don't mm-hmm. get the crack addiction that I got, you know, from sure. Twitter. Like yep. it's terrible for live well, events. Well, most, my most of my, so much, from- most of my threads stream these days is just people saying, dear algorithm, send me people like such and such. Right. Um, would you, if they list off all of their interests and you're supposed to follow Santa them. Santa, send me a man. And that is all I see. All like 90% of my stream is just these like dear algorithm posts from people I've never heard of and didn't intentionally follow. And right. the algorithm is like sharing them. And I guess it works for some people, but it's like, I get no actual social media out of uh, threads these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like I was, uh, I was there for like the um, um, golden globes because I couldn't be engaging on twitter which was very difficult because the golden Globes were horrible but also amazing i mean it was the biggest sure. train wreck i've ever seen a comedian yes. do and then what's the best part is and he's a bad Who comedian hosted? is the joe guy i never heard of his name is joe coy and i've never fucking heard of him um and and now he's just become so butthurt like he can't he can't own the fact that he bombed and so he he so it's now now he's like oh i was really hurt by the reaction and now he's like I feel pissed off. Oh, well, they're a bunch of marshmallows. They can't take a joke. Yeah, you also were not funny. Like Ricky Don't Gervais, call me a marshmallow. Yeah. Ricky Gervais you literally can't. called them pedophiles. Literally, the last time he hosted, he uh, called them pedophiles, and people laughed. So yeah, like fuck you. you uh, you're bad you at what you do. You can't take a joke. Anytime someone says you can't take a joke, it means they fucked up. It's right. Like, well, the because whole, people can take a joke. Yeah. Anyone could take a joke. Anybody if it's can take delivered, a joke. Right. The reason the Taylor Swift thing went viral, because A, the joke wasn't like that innocuous or whatever. It was because her reaction was funnier than his joke. Like, her <laughs> <Exactly>. reaction was <laughs> hysterical. His joke was poorly done. And the reason it was so bad, he's like, she's trying to give explanations. I never even got to practice in front of a teleprompter or anything. Oh, my God. Yeah, we can oh, tell. Oh, my God. Must oh, be so hard tell, for a comedian. Well, you know, good good comedians come up from clubs and working their material out in front of an audience right. until it's refined. Well, that's the thing. He he got the gig like two weeks in advance and he didn't have his writer like that. It wasn't written like he didn't have rehearsal time. And here's the thing. That sucks. That's why you don't take that job. That's why Ali Wong told him to fuck off. That's why everybody yeah. else told him to fuck off. That's why you got the job because no one knew who you were <laughs> and you were the 15th person on the list. And they were all like, well, yeah, this idiot will do it because anyone else, yeah. anyone else would have gone, oh yeah, no, there's no way that I can make this work. I mean, the, the live stuff I've done, which is never on the level of the Golden Globes, not even close, but like the rehearsal and the practice and the, the teleprompter stuff you need to do, if you don't have that it's not going to do it right. And the part of the reason his jokes were so bad weren't just the jokes were bad, but the delivery was awful because he was reading them off of a teleprompter and had no idea how to do his pacing. And it's like, that's on you, but that's on you, bro. Like you shouldn't have accepted this gig because they didn't support you, but also you were bad at what you did. Anyway, that's my rant on that. But, 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 but threads was awful for that in real time. It was like very not good thing. Uh, yeah. You guys, I do have to go. Uh, and <laughs> we've only been here for two hours. Uh, that's yeah. what shout I have to go. Shout out for gratitude really quick. But I don't, I, I'm going to come back and listen to the gratitude. I don't have anything I'm burning to say this week. And so I will save it for next week. But I do want to say, Jay, it has been amazing to have you on and to talk with you. It's always a um, pleasure. 
and just a real pleasure. There's a second episode in a row where I like bail in the last 10 minutes. I've got to go, well, everybody. It's second episode it's, in a row. It's right here in a row. We've gone for two hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is on right, y'all. Are we? So I'll it's, see you next is week. Is that the season four thing? We're just a two-hour <laughs> show now? two-hour show. All right, Jeff, good luck. Bye. Bye. I, I'm happy to pass to the next person for gratitude. I just want to throw out there, there is an iOS app for shapes. It's not good. Just get the get the desktop app like or the desktop game. Um, you will your fingers will thank me later. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> That's good to know. All right, Christina, what you got? Okay, so um, this is a weird one for me to share, but I shared Canva as a gratitude pick a while back, and I still mm-hmm. really do enjoy Canva, like for quick and dirty stuff, especially for like YouTube thumbnails um, or social media posts. Like honestly, it's really good and. I, I, um, I recommend it, but I tried out just as an experiment this week, just because I might be doing a, um, lunch and learn, um, with, um, a team at Microsoft to try to help them make their thumbnail game better. Um, Microsoft will obviously not pay for them to use Canva, but, um, if you have an Adobe creative, uh, uh, cloud account, then you have access to Adobe express, which I had not played with in a really long time, but Adobe Express, uh, which I think is like express.adobe.com or something, um, is basically their it's basically their knockoff of Canva. But um, it is pretty good. It's um, in some ways that's actually better than Canva because um, the way that they do layering and layering management is is really good. And if you have Creative Cloud, then you can actually do things like uh, import in PSD files. And, and other um, elements into your designs. Um, it's all web-based. So this is just like a, a web-based thing if you're wanting to you know, make um, either like a, you know, do some videos or a flyer or, or something you know, to post on Instagram or, or like I said, a YouTube thumbnail. It's good. It also integrates well with um, Adobe's uh, generative AI thing, which can be um, uh, pretty, pretty good stuff. And, like a, and interestingly, their background removal tool is better than the one in Photoshop, um, <laughs> for whatever reason. And, and, and I've, I've long stood by the fact that like Canva's background removal tool is better than like any app you can pay for. Um, I, I, I think that the, the Adobe express one is, is as good. I might try to compare them side by side, but, and I, and I've used all of them and no, the one that's in Photoshop, the one that's in, um, uh, uh what are, photo mater, maker, mater or whatever, uh, the one that's in like, there are a bunch of, yeah, Pixelmator. Thank you. Um, there, there are like a bunch of third-party, you know, Mac apps that claim to be really great at that. Stuff. Yeah, there are some that focus only on background removal. And, There's and like apps for everything. Yeah, and that. most of them are not. A, they're they they have problems with hair and other things, and B, they're sure. absolutely not better than Canva on its own. Um, like Canva is better, uh, and and Adobe <laughs> Express is really good. So, um, uh, anyway, um, I if you have an I. Their pricing, I think, is basically the same as Canva's. I would probably, if I didn't have an Adobe account, would pay for Canva instead. However, if you have a Adobe account through work or personal, the fact that you get it for free makes it really compelling. So um, I hadn't ever used this until uh, like Friday. And I actually, I was like, when I was using it, I was like, oh, this is going to be my gratitude because for people who might need just a quick and dirty, you know, kind of uh, way to, to to do graphics. Um, this is a, a really good way of, of doing it so and might already have access. I came up in the late 90s, early 2000 as a graphic designer slash mm-hmm. art director. And 
removing backgrounds used to be this process of intricate past selections, uh, brushwork, especially dealing with hair. Like hair was the bane of any Photoshop user's existence. I went to entire conferences about removing backgrounds. I remember being in Vegas, uh, learning about new tools in Adobe Photoshop, like 3.0, I don't remember. Um, But yeah, like it's amazing what background removal with AI or with a little bit of machine learning behind it can do. Oh, it's amazing. Um, fascinating also makes me feel like i wasted years of my life no it's like we had to get the training somehow right like <laughs> i mean, I mean it you still know what I mean? can't do black people <laughs> really <Is that laughs> it true? still sucks i get my half of my head gets cropped out every time like i oh, have a hilarious. i have a green oh. screen hilarious and sad but yeah i have a green screen that i need to set back up i haven't had to do thumbnails in a while but like that was the thing that got me to just be like screw it i'm getting a green screen yeah. Well, see, I'm, yeah. and for a lot of times, like the ones that I'm talking about, like I will be removing a green screen from something and which should be theoretically the easiest thing to do, but they will still yeah. mess up around hair and other things. And so, and this will be like with consistent lighting, like with like a photo, like, or a screen grab taken from like, you know, a, a, a camera that's been, you know, um, that's uh, stationary and that has like a, you know, um, a uniform lighting setup. So like the perfect conditions for removing background stuff and a lot of the apps that claim to do it really well don't um canva does i would be curious um if like canva adobe express how they work with with black people if they work any better i'm not giving them credit to say they will i'm just curious if if their models are improved on that because i know that pixelmator like i didn't they didn't they like have like an image like on their website like to try to pretend that they like were good with that and then it wound up being like not good at all with black people they so pixelmators is like decent which is high praise because that's about what i expect these days but there's the way that they it's like an honest mistake but it was like an also like you obviously didn't have black people in the room to approve this because it was promoting their video background removal tool right and it was a black person on it and it was go it's like did it say it's remove color or something? To remove. Yeah, it was like so easy to remove color. And I was just like, oh God, like what's happening? That's like, right. This is, oh man. It's just those things where I'm just like, please, please, if you're going, if you're going to do something like just run it by someone. Just run, right. run it. Hey, run it by someone that looks like the person that you're that's you're featuring on the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially when like they very clearly like these were like, um, you know, stock photos or something, you know, it wasn't like they'd paid, uh, to take those photos. I'm sure, you know, they found it on some, you know, uh, other sort of site and whatnot. Like it wasn't something that they commissioned. Yeah. Um, which um, to me makes it worse because yeah, you're not, (laughs) you're, 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 you're going here because you want the, the visibility points, but then you're not actually like, you don't have anybody, uh, who works for you to actually give you a go ahead on anything, but yeah. Um, but no, but All Adobe right. express, uh, is, is, is my recommendation, especially if you already have access to Adobe stuff. Cause it's, it's good. And, um, for those things that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should hire a designer. Guess what? Most of us don't have the budget and most designers don't want to do your social media posts. So, um, it's, it's a good, good choice. Perfect. All right. So here we are at two hours and 10 minutes. 
Um, and I am I am flagging, but um, I am going to pick one of my own projects this week. Uh, Curly Q is a new thing I've just released. Um, if you do any kind of web scraping for uh, scripting purposes, if you ever need to, like, say, find the largest image on a page or find out uh, all external links on a given site or take a screenshot or save a print version of a PDF of a site. Uh, Curly Q is my answer to that. Uh, it can currently only do get requests. I The next phase is to be able to do post requests. And it does some stuff with JSON handling where it will um, automatically cycle through different uh, user agents um, when uh, requesting a response, which can save you some trouble with finding the right headers, basically, to send with uh, with a JSON request. Um, it does not do extensive... Anything JQ can do, you're better off piping the response to JQ. It just saves you a little trouble uh, with the curl setup. But for web scraping... Uh, instead of like when you curl a website, you get the raw source of the website. Um, Curly Q will give you the raw source, plus it'll split out the head, the body. It'll show you all of the links on the page, all of the images in the page. You can query by a specific CSS selector to get just an element of any page. And um, it does, uh, it, it in incorporates. Um, what did I put in? I forget. Uh, it incorporates a uh, dynamic uh, web browser so it can actually load up Chrome or Firefox and save the content of pages like Amazon pages where half of it is uh, generated by JavaScript. And if you curl it, you just get a bunch of script tags. It can actually load the page and then query it in the same method using CSS selectors uh, to grab like the price of an Amazon product or or the related links to a post. And yeah, I'm, it's been a little obsession of mine over the last week. I, I like pitched it on Macedon. I was like, would anyone want to use this? And I got maybe 20, 25 responses that were like, absolutely, can it do this? Can it do this? Uh, and I put it out. I, like, I coded it and I put it out and I got like zero response. I don't know if everyone's just like, oh, this is perfect. I'm just going to use it. I had no complaints. Um, but I, I would be super curious to get some feedback on like, where should it go next? Uh, like, if it's not the perfect tool for you, what does it need? Um, I'm always looking for that response. Join me on forum.brettterpshire.com and tell me all about it. I, I say this in the, the most... Uh positive way possible brett you make me want to stop programming like, <laughs> like i'm so so i will i will share what i've done to brett over the last like three or four months i'll just randomly text brett like hey i have this idea and my my thought is is if it's crazy enough that Brett can ideate on it, then maybe it's worth pursuing. <laughs> and there have been like three or four times where Brett's like, this just doesn't sound like a good idea. And then like an hour later, there's like a, but you could do this and add five that, other things. I do that to Ralph Hoosman too. He like constantly 
I'll like create a tool and he'll be like, oh, this sounds perfect. Can it work with this and this? Uh, can I incorporate it to create data graphic da data graphs from my markdown notes that I keep in this other application? I'll be like, that's not what it was designed for. And then I'll spend it uh, like an hour later. I'll be like, you know what? It probably could. If I just added this capability and then I, I just do it. So it's people like you and Ralph that that really actually develop these tools into truly useful tools. Yeah. Well, one of these days I will have a projects folder that is like a third of what you've got. And I will consider that an accomplishment. Uh, my, I have a, I have a code folder on my desktop where I keep all of my projects and it has CD code. This is good radio right here. Nice keyboard clicks. It has 114 folders in it right now. Oh, there's no wow. way. Wow, that's amazing. All right, I'm registering for your forum now, Brett. I'm curious, should, for my username, should it be Christina or should I be Film Girl? You should be Film Girl. I appreciate consistency. All right. I'm TT Scoff everywhere. And it's a horrible handle. Like nobody knows the story behind it. It's <laughs> a stupid huh. handle. But nobody, nobody will ever steal it from me. And like anytime a new show, social media service pops up, even if I don't plan to use it, I go register TT Scoff. And it's just like the way to find me everywhere. I'm, no, I'm totally. I, I just I, I I try to get Christina when I can places, but um uh, but that's a that's a vanity thing. But yeah. You got Christina.is. I did. Going as KJ Miller on everything, yeah, it sucks because everyone defaults to KJ, and I'm just like, <laughs> like no, yeah. it's just. And, and I used to tell people like the K is silent, and they're like, really? I was like, hmm. yes. So I I own the domain fuckyeahmarkdown.com. Nice. And it used to go to my tool Marky that would like it was an API that would markdownify any web page right. for you. But, I remember that, but it broke. It broke and it's defunct. I also know I also own Markdown.rocks, and I don't know what to do with these at this point. But I keep renewing them. I keep I know, paying I, I the, the twenty dollars a year. No, I do the same thing. And in fact, I I actually one of my um things was was not renewed, and I like went back and I like revived it because I got my thing. It was like, oh, this was you know not were not renewed, and I'm like, shit. I, I, Maybe I, someday, I, I, and I'm like, I gotta, I'm like, I gotta, um, you know, re, uh, redo, um, I suck ltd.com <laughs> because I have, I rule, I, I have, I own I rule inc.com and I suck ltd.com <laughs> because I was like, well, if you're going to be, you know, have hubris, then you need to also be self effacing. Nobody, nobody is going to offer you money for those. Oh, I know. I I keep I hoping that some of these domains that I've held on onto for all this year, all these years, will eventually. I got uh, get someone that's like, I'll give you five grand for the domain name, I, and I'll be like, so. I got like six hundred bucks for powerofwe.com, which I bought um, to make fun of Theranos because no, not Theranos, we work because we work like when when they they're aborted S one and they, they call themselves the power of we, and so I uh. bought it and I and I didn't I, and and I forgot about it and then like I got like a a thing from hover or whatever. Cause I, I did it literally as part of an ad read because when we used to get like a uh, spot on rocket, when we used to get domain sponsors, I would buy a domain name. 
um, usually like a, a shitposting one. And uh, like, I would be like, okay, that's fine. You know, the, whatever the cover, the sponsorship will cover it and it'll be funny. And I forgot about it. And I did renew it for probably, you know, more years than I should have, but I was glad I did because I got like 600 bucks for it. Like first I didn't respond to the mail and then they like sent me a follow up where they just like raised the price. And I was like, cool, <laughs> here you go. That's great. Sold. Yeah. You got it. All right. Well, that was a hell of an episode, you guys. We lost okay. Jeff along the way. We lost some good people in the process, but it's okay. But he's out there Jay- tenting somewhere. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, Jay. Good to see you. Anytime. Always a pleasure, Christina. Always a pleasure. You guys get some sleep. Get some sleep. Get some sleep, Jeff. The system is going down low.